Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pochcast. Today, Pochfad and Star will be having another absolutely riveting conversation with more wonderful, talented, and inspiring people. So, grab that drink, get your butt comfy, and hold on to your seat. This is the Pochcast. So, so you you were like. I don't know, man. I'm super proud of you with what you've been doing. Like, it's really, really cool. Like I said, I've known you for a while, and you were, in fact, you were just what finishing up high school when we met. I was, I was still in high school. You're still in high school. Yeah, because I was a baby. I was going into like my junior year, and that, and that was when I just transferred schools because I was uh, having a rough time at my old school, so I just switched over. Okay. And I was starting the new school, and I was friends with Josh, and he was like. And he had just started getting into streaming too, uh-huh. and that's when we had met you, or uh-huh. he had like introduced me to you, and I was like, "This stuff is really like your art is another level." I love the graffiti style. That's uh, something that. that I always love. Like that's my favorite artwork style. Like I'll go like north side of Milwaukee, like where all the graffiti and like the bad places. There are certain streets that you <laughs> yeah, stay off yeah. of. There, there are certain streets that you stay off of, that's for sure. But, like, yeah. the, the north side, it's it's so much history there. And, like, a lot of the abandoned buildings just have, like, amazing graffiti artists. And it's... Nice. I love, I love going through and, like, looking at it. And, like, how they have, like, a signature tag that they'll be... That they can do perfectly on, like, every piece that they do. Right. Right, right. Yeah, most graffiti artists have that. They have their thing. Like that that part that they put into it, so everybody because essentially graffiti it started well not started because that was a long long time ago but the the current graffiti was to let people know who you were, you know what I mean? It's you put it up. Oh hey, that's this guy. That's this guy. That's this guy. Like that's a way to know who. Most times you've never actually seen the person. You don't know what they look like. You don't you know anything like that unless you know you run in those circles. But you know who they are. Um. So it's it's. I think that's really cool that that they have that kind of an area there. Um, I I've always wanted to like I've I've lived either in Hawaii or here. This is a pretty small town, right? There's not a lot of abandoned buildings that I can just go hit up um, without worrying about you know the police. And I'm too damn old to run from the cops. I ain't doing it, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, I'm, yeah. If if it would have been 20 years ago, maybe, but. Not now, you know, now I'm like, ah, fuck it. Um, and it's it's crazy to me because people will say graffiti and they, like, always think of, like, the bad stuff that, like, people will spray onto, like, walls and stuff. And it yeah. it's not true. There's a lot of, like, just artists that just express themselves on a much larger scale. And it's a lot of it's so vivid and so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, the... Uh, and, like, people will make a name for themselves with tagging themselves, like uh, Banksy. Yeah, he originally started out just painting on sides yep. of buildings, and um, the dude that does uh, uh, ah, fucking obey, I forget the dude's yeah. actual name. That dude, watch the documentary on him because I'm I'm interested. You know, that's that's like the the um the street art style of stuff, and he, he literally started making stickers that he slapped up everywhere of a picture of Andre the Giant that he saw in the paper. You know, and he was like, "Ah, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, that face that's, you know, sort of warped and distorted, that's Andre the Giant from, like, a newspaper when he was wrestling back in, like, the 80s or 90s. 
you know what I mean? Like before he passed away, like back in yeah. the day when he was still wrestling, he had taken his picture and originally just put that, you know, like, was he like six foot 10, you know, 420 pounds or seven, two or whatever he was like his height and weight in a picture of Andre and made stickers and slapped them up everywhere. And then like, you know, started changing, you know, like, okay, I'm going to mold it this way. I'm going to mess with it this way. And then started putting the obey on stuff. Funny thing with that dude is, um, you know, cause the scene where he was at was localized to a, a certain part of the town, but nobody knew that was him because he just was doing it for fun. You know, like just, I'm just right. going to do it. And um, people would, would come into his place of work talking about this obey guy. And he got to hear all the different, like people would make up wh- why he was doing it. You know, like, Oh yeah, no, he's doing it because of this, this, and this, and they don't know they're talking to the guy. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, but he got to hear all these different made up reasons, but I mean, he, that dude's, freaking huge that oh yeah huge and and now they awesome. can now they're able to like just do like art on like massive canvases and it's so well known because they made the name for themselves by small public that just eventually yeah. grew and yep. and i think that's honestly like the greatest thing for like the street artists that do that i i don't condone like vandalism but like in certain places don't do it but <laughs> right. uh, like the front of my house, please do not spray the front of my house. But, but it's like, also the difference on what you're doing, though. Like if you're, yeah, it's one thing to do like some shitty, like you know, Rick. You know, you just write Rick and draw a penis. Like don't fucking do that. But you know, like that's yeah. But like yeah. I, I have pictures because we had went and uh and explored a abandoned glass factory and a old uh state hospital so mental asylum like okay. we didn't know it was that when we first went there but like we were walking through all the buildings and there there are beautiful art pieces on all the walls yeah. and we were just having a good old time just like out driving around like finding like old places that were like abandoned and just like walking through them to see the artwork at that point because uh-huh. one museums are too expensive and nobody should pay <laughs> to go and see art or dinosaur bones i'm sorry i i just don't understand that and two it's it's so much better when it's like you don't know who the artist is, so you aren't gonna have a s- specific like attachment to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, I saw I saw a Picasso piece. It's Picasso. It must be great when you either would have liked it or not liked it had you not known whose it was. Yeah, and and I, I like that. I'm with you on that. Like not knowing the person or having any preconceived idea of who they are or if you like them or not, just actually appreciating the art or not appreciating it for what it is. Yeah, I like that. That's that's actually really freaking cool. Because I can tell you, I've been in, I love museums. I love art. Um, you know, not just what I do, but like all kinds of art. I absolutely love art. And I've been in a museum. I was in a museum in St. Louis, and I was walking through. There were rooms that I was just like, I could spend weeks in just this room with all like staring at all this art. And then there were rooms that I'd walk in and be like, why the fuck is this on the wall? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I didn't know who did it. I didn't know. It just wasn't my taste of art. Um, that's where I actually found one piece of art. And this was 20, probably about 20 years ago. Um, there's still one piece of art that I will never, ever forget. And it, was, it wasn't even in a room. That's, it kind of bothered me. It was just like a hallway piece, right? In, in this you know, big art gallery. 
but they had these rooms dedicated to certain artists and then like in between you have these hallways it was a big ass museum but there was this piece that it had to be it had to be at least 15 feet square like 15 or 20 feet square it was huge massive massive piece and it was done with paint right so it wasn't like a digital recopy it was somebody took the time to paint that that freaking thing maybe i don't know maybe it wasn't 20 maybe it was 15 feet but because it went pretty much from floor to ceiling and there were really high ceilings bigger than 10 feet anyway the reason why i always remember it is because it was a scene of this like upward looking perspective of a little creek that went off into some bushes in like a, a, a hilly mountainside, but it was like a really up close, um, you know, view of it. So when you looked at the leaves, the person painted in all the little veins that went into every single leaf. And you're talking on a 15 by 15 scale, every single leaf was detailed, like to look totally real. And all I could think was this had to take years, like literally years to finish and in the water every single little wisp of water was painted in there in like tiny detail on this massive scale that type of shit like that's what gets me like i'm a graffiti artist but that i'll just sit and stare at that just be like oh my god like the dedication the the everything that went into creating this fucking amazing oh absolutely i think that's the only reason why i'd ever want to go to uh what is it, France that has the Mona Lisa? Yeah. So it would be Louvre. To Louvre. Louvre. It would be so hard to actually like go and see some of like those original paintings. But it's like if you just see like a digital copy of it, it's like I can go on Google and see that. It's it's yeah. not the same thing as being able to like go in person. Like you can see how much more detail there yeah. actually is on the picture and like be like that took him years. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing I appreciate about like even some of the art that I don't care for, I can the way I equate it is like this: there are certain types of music I like, certain types I don't, right? But even the types that I don't, I can appreciate the skill that went in to make the music. Like I'm, I'm not a big country fan, but I totally appreciate they had to learn the guitar and they learned it well. You know, the bass player had to learn it well. The drummer, you know, the way they sing, I can appreciate the artist. You know, even though I don't, you know, so like I can see a piece of art that I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. But when you see those hundreds or thousands of paint strokes, I'm like, I can appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, that 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 was time and dedication. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like that with graffiti, too. When I see, you know, big pieces and I get close to them, you can see where it wasn't just like a coating and an outline where they like misted the color to blend. Because that's the beauty thing about spray paint. And I think one of the reasons why I love it so much is it's like no medium I've ever used. Like I've used paint with paintbrushes, pins. Um, I've used my hands. You know, I've used cloth. I think I've used all different kinds of things to make texture. Yeah. But the spray can, the way that you can like take the depth away, you know, like like pull the can further away, angle it certain ways. You can really make, like, there's a dude that made it look like, you know, the shiny balloons you get for your birthday, those silver balloons? Yes. Yeah, the side of a building looks like there's balloons sitting on it. But then when you get close, like, it's flat surface. You know what I mean? Because it's it's oh, a yeah. spray paint. But from far away, it looks like someone has a happy birthday balloon and it's just on the building. It, that shit's crazy to me. Like, that oh, that's yeah. the technique that you can do is... 
And and I love the fact that like with the spray paint and stuff, it's it's definitely blown up because of social media and on TikTok with like making of the out of the uh, solar system pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, how yeah, they yeah. can like do they can just turn it upside down and hit it on the canvas and it makes the asteroids yeah. like that stuff is. And that used to be a signature on a lot of my pieces. Like I would in one one or two places on it, I would just grab the canvas and be like tap, and I would create like this this little like spark of of white light coming from like either the the left corner or the right corner of it because i saw it on that i seen somebody do it making the the space and they had set it up so down just with tap you know and it, it, on those it's a small you know it's just a little tiny one but when i would do a wall i would be like smack smack you know and so it'd be like these big spurts that would come off out of the can i love that and i love how like with art you can learn from like arts that you're not doing and apply it to the one that you are doing you yeah. know like I've, I've never done that with the the planets and the space but i've used their techniques you know because pretty freaking cool <laughs> so I, I haven't cool. done that either can't have compressed gas in barracks <laughs> <laughs> well don't do it indoor anyway like i will tell anybody listening do not spray paint indoors and wear a unless it's in your garage yeah, well, no, I have done that, but you wear a mask. Get a respirator. Trust me, it's worth it. You do not want paint in your lungs. Trust me on that. Oh, I, 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 I breathed in the fumes, and, and it only took one good time before I was like, never again. Painting the bottom of the boat? Never again. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much paint fumes. <laughs> dude, especially industrial paint. Like, oh, yeah. You know, Dude, no, we all came up to the top and we were like, bro, we're hungry. And we, all looked, <laughs> and we sat down in our chief box and he goes, are y'all high as hell? I was like, we just got out of the bilge. And they're like, oh, you're painting, painting. Like, yeah. <laughs> the first time I used industrial paint like that for a boat, it was for a fishing boat. They had one working respirator. And, and, you know, the person that I was working with was the senior person. So they grabbed the respirator and I'm like, fuck, okay. You know, those little white masks with the little yellow, you know, things, the yeah. rubber bands that go over your, your ears. They're like, here, try like four of these. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna work great. All it did was extra trap the fumes. It was like, I was like huffing the paint because it just sat in there. And it I was so freaking high and it was an uncomfortable, just crunchy gross high i was like why? It, <laughs> why it was so bad because we it was we saw to wear masks on the boat at the time too so like we have like these cloth masks on our face just holding the fumes and we're like oh we finally just took them off and threw them up on the deck and somebody walked in and went why are your masks off and it's like because our head already hurts <laughs> and it's been five minutes <laughs> like so you guys had to do everything with the boats, huh? Yeah, we uh, we paint certain things certain colors so like we can understand certain parts of it. That's awesome. Like that's that. I think it's great that they're they're really like showing you guys the ins and outs of everything. Like it, the more I learn about this, the the more I'm like, you know, there's a lot of obviously thought process that went into it from years and years of trial and error. That that is pretty fucking smart like, is pretty smart of the, you know I, I so the reason why i'm saying this is that 
again, I didn't grow up with the military, so I've heard both sides of, oh, the military is just fucking stupid. They're so stupid. They're dumb. They're idiots. They're a bunch of just Neanderthals that don't know shit. The more I've learned about the military, the more I'm like, okay, they might disagree. Like, people might disagree with war in general. So obviously the military is thrown into it. But if you want to look at why they do stuff, how they do stuff, and what they're doing, it's it's pretty calculated, really fucking smart. Like really smart. Yeah, um, except for new skin. That's not smart. It, <laughs> Sorry. A lot a lot of it ends up really just coming down to attention to detail and just discipline. Because if I know that it like doesn't apply to a lot of military members, but like if you go outside the wire on a mission and something goes wrong and you end up in a firefight. Uh-huh. You have to have attention to detail of your surroundings, who's with you. You have to have the discipline not to freak out, the ability to count your ammo, count your shots, because if you run out of shots, you're... You're fucked. Yeah, you're just sitting there. And I I don't see why it gets applied to every military job, but I understand it. Like, it's just a universal front. I think that makes, like, even though, like you said, it doesn't apply to every job, it makes you as a person be able to apply to every job. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it makes, like, these these skills might not affect what you do specifically, but say shit went down and they needed somebody to do something that you normally didn't do, you'd be like, oh, fuck, I do have those skills, you know, and be able to apply them into it. So that does make a, a universal... um the mindset to be able to touch on anything in emergency situations. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like when I say like the, the, they really calculated shit out is pretty damn intelligent the way that they do stuff. You know, if you nitpick each one, it could sound or seem ridiculous, but when you step back and look at it as a whole, like it, it, to me, it makes a lot of sense um, why they do X, Y, Z, you know, for each person that goes in there. Yeah. And, uh, Real quick, I just got to backtrack for a second. Yep. Uh, for the painting thing, it was not on my boat, actually. I was still a student and went down on a boat tour and got roped into painting on a boat that I wasn't even a part of. Shout out to my <laughs> boat. I love y'all. Y'all make me paint. <laughs> Wait, did you say y'all didn't make you paint? Yeah, they didn't make me paint. I was not there when they were painting that. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Now you uh, I can talk about... I. I I didn't sign any paper, so I know I'm not going to get in trouble for saying it. There was a bolt. There was, we had lost a bolt Sorry. somewhere back there. Don't know what part it was for. Don't know what it was for. Not my job. Not my place to say, even if I did know. Okay. And they had us locked down from time that we got in to 16 to find that bolt. One bolt. Nobody found it. So... It's it's bad because we have to get another bolt, right? It's like, oh, you got to have another bolt made to go in there. Uh-huh. It's not just that because then it goes, whole fleet, this whole half of the fleet knows, then all the admirals know, so then the whole fleet knows, and then you have a training thing for it about like so was it, making sure you have everything. So was it like somebody forgot to put on a bolt or that they were worried somebody had taken off a bolt or... Well, because of the bolt and where it's located, it's, it's considered a hazmat material. Okay. So, 
uh, it'll carry some trace amounts of radiation and stuff like that. That's just the logic, right? Right. Okay. Behind it, uh, I like I said, I don't know what system it's for. It's not yeah, that's, yeah, my that's job. Okay. Yeah, and but it's it just goes to show like attention to detail. Like they either they don't have that bolt. They it's unaccounted for. So it's not like when you're putting together IKEA furniture and you're like, dude, I got three screws left over. <laughs> okay. And you just like keep using your beautiful little, you know, dresser. Like it, you have to know every single I mean it makes sense. It yeah. It totally makes sense. Like it's I mean, just, I damn. hate with a passion like reading instructions. Like I I it's like common knowledge, like, oh, look at the picture. This goes to there, there goes to there. But if then it gets rid of structural integrity. Because then, then that thing can just break if you, like, hit it the wrong way. Because, like, the one screw in the back is missing. And then yeah, you're like, oh, fuck. Well, there just went $80 that I just spent on whatever it is. And right. now you have to go and spend another $80 worth. You would have just used those three screws. You would still have it working. Right. You'd be good. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I was just thinking about when you said, um, you know, the attention to detail. And, like, I think of things that I've talked with people about before, things that I've heard, things that I've, you know, whatever. And when, when people, especially military, because military intrigues me. That's why, like, you know, I, I, I ask questions. I know you can only talk about so much. So I'm, I'm not trying to, like, you know, push too far to where you get in trouble. And you do really, you, I've noticed you do really get it going, nope, we don't talk about this. And I, I respect mm-hmm. that. Um, but you you say in attention to detail and specifically mentioning counting you know bullets. Um, there was a guy that I knew. He was uh, uh, the uh, was he actually uh, yeah he worked for USPS right so a mailman, but he did commercial. And so at the place I did accounting at, I would sit and talk to him like when he came in and picked up our big bunch of mail or you know dropped off or whatever um it, i used to smoke i would purposely go out and have a smoke break so i could talk to him right because he was a really cool guy and so we got to know each other over the years of me being there and randomly and i don't even remember why he started talking about um like the bullet holes that he has in his legs and i was just like very much intrigued but he was in I, I'm pretty sure it was Vietnam, but he had said, it, it made me think about that when you said counting bullets, that they, the way he described it was that they had gotten trapped in this like miniature crater and there was like eight or 10 guys and they were, you know, waiting for their, their people to come, you know, get them because they were getting surrounded. And each one of them had bullets in them somewhere. His were in his leg. He had like two or three holes in his leg. And, you know, everybody in there was alive, but, you know, going, hey, I have a hole in me. You know, it was a pretty intense situation. And he said, like, they all made it out, but the only way that they made it out was because they collectively counted all of the bullets that they had and timed out when they would fire shots up over this little ridge to keep the enemy from advancing. Like, they would keep them back into the into the woods or into the, the jungle. Um so that they could get rescued. And he said, like, specifically, if they had not done that, if they had just been sitting there shooting, they all would have been dead um, because they had just enough to be able to make it. Like, they knew, like, a certain response time and, you know, that the things where you're you're taught, this is how shit's going to go down. 
So he said that they literally would just take turns on like clockwork of when they would pop up and fire something off to keep everybody back. And I thought, you know, when he was telling me that, I was like, okay, that's cool. But like you saying specifically, 20 years later, you know, you're saying, yeah, yeah, paying attention to details so you know exactly how much you have depending on the situation. Again, why the military specifically teaches that and has for a very long time is calculated in it. I mean, literally saved eight, ten dudes just in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, it worked. You know, when when he was in 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 war, and it'll probably fucking work if some shit. Hopefully, it doesn't. But if some shit goes down in the future, um, so that's that's just crazy. Like that that popped into my head as soon as you said that. I was just like, holy shit! Like they've been doing this for a hot minute, and it it's effective. Like literally, there's ten dudes that are alive today because they did exactly what they were trained to do, and which I'm I'm grateful. He's a really nice guy. And, you know, people like you that are in the military now that, you know, if shit went down, would be doing the same thing. And that could be the key of you coming home. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's pretty smart. Yeah. Because, I mean, the the last thing that you want to do is get caught with your pants down. Like, obviously, nobody wants to be in under gunfire. Like, that's just yeah. obvious. Like, if, <laughs> yeah. if we could have a world without war... <laughs> the world would be such a better place, but because there are always going to be differences in opinions and uh, choices that people want to make, there's always going to be some sort of conflict. Right, right. And when it eventually does come to large blows like that, it's good to know what you have. And then if you can know the enemies, I, I hate using that. If you can know, if you can know the people who are against you right. and what they're using, it makes it easier. Cause if you're, like running if for some reason you decide to break into somebody's house and you hear a 357 magnum going off down the hallway uh-huh. you can count six shots and that's yeah. a revolver got you but if, then, if you don't know that then you're like does he I, have I, more yeah like is there 10 is there 24 is it a you know i see a hundred clip on instagram you don't know what it is you know yeah. what i mean like but if if you can like tell by the sound of it which mm-hmm. i've I've gotten really good with like telling the sound of guns at this point, like even through okay. ear pro and everything. Uh, if you can tell the sound of it, you can pretty much figure out what kind of weapon it is and how many shots they're roughly going to have. Cause sometimes they make extra rounds for bigger, right. for larger ones in general. Sometimes they have less and then you're like, Oh, well easy day. <laughs> right. But that's, that's like that sort of stuff right there. I just, to me, it's brand new. Like, I, I didn't even think, and, and it makes sense why you would learn the sounds of the different weapons. Because you don't always, hey, what do you got? How many do you have left? Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, like, you don't have that discussion when you're in the middle of shooting. You just go, all right, okay, that's probably this weapon. You know, they got this many rounds of the mag, this, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you can work your way to it. That's yeah, there's so so much that you guys have to like remember and understand. But it it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that it becomes almost like a muscle memory. Like you hear and learn and go through it so much that it just becomes a knowledge instead of having to, you know, oh wait, what was that again? Like it just becomes okay. I know this is a 357. Those were six. He has to reload. We're good to go. Yeah, uh, I will. I can almost picture this as like a princess bride moment where he's standing there and he's like, hold on, hold on, excuse me, sir. I'm just curious. 
How many bullets do you have left? Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and well, it's not actually. It, it does become muscle memory, but I have a passion for firearms, so okay. I'm I'm actually planning on uh, trying here soon to see if I can take college courses to learn more about gunsmithing and ballistics and stuff like that. That's cool. And so because of that, I've gotten a lot more familiar with different versions of firearms. So that's why I'm like, I never had really thought about it, but it's like, you always hear like in movies, like people always talking about like counting bullets, like, Oh, that's one, that's one second in between that shot. So it's got to be a semi-automatic versus a full auto or a bolt. Because a bolt will take like three seconds. A revolver can be a single action, but you can tell by the distinct shot that it makes because you'll hear or see the flash of the powder. You can tell when a certain gun locks back because that slide will make that uh, locking sound of the metallic click. Just like the all-famous M1 Grand, that stripper clip ping that it always makes whenever it locks back when you shoot that last shot. I think I know which one you're talking about, but isn't it like a, a metallic sound? Like a, yeah. Yes. See, I know that one. I know one. Uh, <laughs> I know that one in a shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> that's everybody. Everybody knows a shotgun. Everybody knows a shotgun, and anybody who's played any video game knows that. Knows that iconic M1 Grand. Ching. When I don't, you hit that I, last shot. <clears throat> I've told people about this before. I don't know if I ever told you about it. Speaking of guns, I was at I was at a pawn shop. This is a long time ago, like a long time ago. And um I like I, I, I like guns. I'm I'm a you know a gun person. I don't own any right now, but I, I enjoy them. I think they're really fucking neat. Okay. I think it's really cool. You know, it's it's an explosive thing you can hold in your hand. It's pretty dope. But I was at a pawn shop looking at guns and um they actually had a desert eagle. That's that's ridiculous. That's unnecessary. That gun. That is not a necessary gun. That thing is fucking huge. You think that's unnecessary? It holds seven bullets in the in the magazine and then one in the chamber. It shoots fifty Action <laughs> Express, which is it's pretty much just like a it's a big caliber for a pistol. Yeah. A crazier thing is a five hundred Smith and Wesson. It's like double the size of the fifty eight. Seriously. Like like they are. It's it's crazy in size. I didn't even know they made something bigger than the Desert Eagle. I mean, I guess I, I just figured it would be a full rifle at that point, you know, because no, it's like, so big. The 50 Smith & Wesson is something that's just, it's mind-boggling. I don't know why, and it's and it only comes in a revolver. You will not find, I have yet to find a 50 Smith & or a 500 Smith & Wesson in anything other than a revolver. What would you even, like, that would just be to have. Like it's not that'd be to have is like a hey look at this like yeah. look what it shoots like if you can handle that then more props to you but that's one of those where it's oh my neighbor's house just got broke into fuck their fridge fuck that guy and then fuck the cat <laughs> next door like just through all of it that's exactly where it's going so i'm so i'm at this pawn shop and i'm looking at these guns and you know i'm looking at just basic like glocks and, and stuff just I enjoy guns, even even down to a, like a little tiny palm fitting twenty two. Like they're just they're just neat. And the guy that I'm talking to, he's just like, "Why do you want it?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I I want to have it in the house, you know, in case something 
you know, I'm going to have a safe and blah, 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 and have it in the house, but have it accessible in case something happens. He's like, oh, no, you don't want this for home protection. You don't, you don't want a pistol. You don't want a, a handgun. You don't want this. Just trust me on this. And he's like, watch. And he walks over to where the shotguns are. He grabs a, a shotgun and he, you know, he, he cocks the shotgun. Funniest thing, and I will never forget this the day I die. There were two other people in the pawn shop at that time. As soon as he did that, they ran out the front door. They fucking bolted, right? Because all they heard was a shotgun cocking. And they're like, I died today. And they both like ran and busted out the front door. And he just looked at me. He's like, see, that's why you want a shotgun for, for home invasion. You know, like like that being home, like if your home gets invaded. He's like, because if you're in the bedroom and they broke in and they're in the living room, but somebody hears that, they're making a bolt for the front door. They're getting the fuck back out of there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about you. I'm not a house thief, but if I was and I was in somebody's house and I just hear, I'm out. Oh, yeah. A slug will put a cavity in somebody. A buckshot is what yeah. most people would use for like a home right. defense because it has to spread enough to hit. Yeah. But that'll still, that'll, it, it can blow apart a cinder block. Like it's. And the aim doesn't even have to be. You know, but you got buckshot and you're just fired into what you thought was an empty living room, but you know someone's in there, you're probably going to hit them or at least scare the fuck out of them if you miss them. <laughs> you yeah, know? you're going to hit everything else in the living room and they're going to be like, fuck <laughs> this, and dive out the window that you just broke. <laughs> there won't be anything worth stealing anymore. They're like, fuck, they broke everything. Boom. <laughs> well, that's why shotguns are usually given to people who don't know a damn thing about guns because it's literally just a point and shoot. Yeah, no, I, I had one. I, I had one when I lived in the, the mountains um, before I moved to Hawaii. And so the, the place that we lived, I, I was there taking care of um, my, my ex's grandpa before he passed away. And that's why, you know, we even moved out there because he needed help. So I was like, you know what? Cool. Let's go for it. And the area is like a small town in the mountains, right? Like there's no street light. There's no, you know, it's like a small nestled at the bottom of a little mountain, this little small valley. Um, it's actually called uh, uh, Maple Falls and it's in Maple Valley. Like it's, it's just, it's a tiny little place, right? They had, um, he said like five, seven years ago, the neighborhood has three entrances and he said he was he was coming home because you know he lives in there and he owned the tavern down the road, and there were SWAT teams set up at all the entrances and exits, um, because what people had done is they had got these pieces of land for five thousand bucks for a quarter acre, threw a trailer on there and turned them into meth labs, so they weren't messed with. But there was like ten fifteen meth labs in this area. It was just known that. So the SWAT came in on all the entrances and raided in and got rid of just about everything that was up there. So he's like, yeah, it's super safe now. Um, but there were kids that would break into stuff. So like the the neighbor um, that we had, they were actually Canadian and that was their little vacation spot. Um, so they're only there, you know, for like a week, a, a month. You know, they weren't there all the time. Their shit got broken into all the time. Like to the point that, excuse me, they didn't even leave anything in there. Like they didn't leave, they would bring a TV with them when they came down. Like it was empty. And the last time somebody broke in, they ripped out their fireplace insert because there was nothing else to steal. <laughs> right. Like, but it was just stupid people doing stupid shit. But what, but what Papa had told me is that he said that's been going on for years and years and years. 
and he had he had stopped one of the kids that he knew was breaking into places, right? He had stopped and was like, "Look, this is my house. This is where I live. I keep a twenty-two under my pillow." And he pulls out his dirty Harry Smith and West, and he's like, "This sits in my nightstand. I'm too old to fight you. If you break into my house, I will kill you." And then drove away. Right? He was just like, "Done." His house never got broken into. Both of his neighbors did. His house never did. So when we were there, I had got a, a it was just a 20 gauge, um, you know, so it wasn't like anything fancy or anything, but it was a, a shotgun. And I was working with some of the youth with a, another guy that lived up there. And so I knew a bunch of the kids that were doing dumb shit. You know, I just, I knew which ones they were. And I knew that there was a house down the way that did dumb shit. And I remember one of the kids was walking by, or walking down the road. And mind you, it's really woodsy, so it's kind of rural. And I see him, like, looking at, you know, looking at the neighbors back and forth. And I'm like, fuck, you know, like, this is one of the kids breaking into shit. I didn't see him do it, but I know the, you know, you don't, when you walk down the same road, you don't need to peek in and, and see what people have. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a normal thing. I know what he's doing. So he's walking by the end of my driveway. And, you know, it's a gravel driveway. And I'm, I'm sitting on the back porch, like, area. And I see him, and I'm like, hey, come here. You know, I was like, come on over. And he comes up, and I reached into my sliding door. I had my shotgun sitting there. And I was like, hey, check out this thing I got. His eyes were, like, fucking huge, right, because I just pulled a gun out. <laughs> and I'm like, I just got this new shotgun. Isn't this cool? And he's just like, why, why do you have a shotgun? I'm like, oh, just in case anybody breaks in. Like, I, I, I'm not fighting people. I'm just, if somebody breaks in, I'm just going to start shooting. And, you know, hopefully they don't get hit. And he's like, you just got it. Did you even get bullets? And I grabbed this box of shells. And I'm like, well, of course I got bullets. Why wouldn't I have, you know, like, what are you talking about? Right. And he's just like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And I did it on purpose. I was like, that kid is going to tell everybody, dude, okay, I know this guy is slightly crazy. And he just got a shotgun to shoot people to break in his house, leave that house alone. That is one of the few houses in that neighborhood for like a 15-year period that nobody ever broke into. (laughs) Like, it was so fucking money, dude. I was like, so now, like, I have that mindset, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to let everybody know, like, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, don't it, break in this house. That That's 100% one of those things where it's like, if I can avoid conflict, obviously I'm going to. But yep. if it if it comes down to it, if it's my life or yours, I'm, I'm going to go home. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, I got too much to live for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, you, you, I just, I just thought about this and, and cause I was going to say, you know, I got a family, I got kids, I got, you know, shit to live for. And now I'm like, you, you, you're fucking married. Like, I still love that, dude. I still fucking love that. Like, yeah. Just, just so, coming up on one year in November. Holy shit. So what's awesome, um, those of you that don't know, man, dog, you should. And, oh, that's the other thing is that I'm going to get links, anything that you want to share. Whether you have socials, whether you have a store, whether you want to put your Twitch, whatever you want to put, um, if you want to put for, you know, people to be able to get to know you better, we'll throw links down in the description, um, you know, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or fucking whatever. Um, but but Mad Dog, like Mad Dog was, you know, always this kid that was just badass at, at playing games, a lot of fun. Like we we nicknamed Mad Dog the content. Like that was the legit nickname. Like the fucking the content, not anything else, just the content, because that's what it was. And there was another person that used to play um, 
and and she was she was legit. She was awesome. Like that was, but I mean, then when when she did stuff, she was was awesome. And I find out what like after a year knowing you guys, two years, that it's just like, oh hey, um, yeah, I'm, I'm dating this person. And then the next thing I hear is they got married, and I'm like, holy fucking shit! Like to me, it was like a perfect pairing. Like the the two of you, I was like, yeah. I, I and now that I I see it, I'm like, yeah, that is. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, there's no doubt that that is. But I guess for me, the reason why I'm even talking about this is that it went from this young kid in high school yelling out shit that you know whatever he wanted to say out of his mouth while playing video games to this grown-ass man in the military, Mary, doing his thing. Like, I'm fucking proud of you, dude. Like, I'm super proud of you. Like, you're you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you're grown you're Our little grown guy's all it. grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was ever the little guy, because I'm only 5'10". That motherfucker's been taller than me since he was six, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, it went from the content to the motherfucking content man. Right? <laughs> right that's so what it is fucking content man dog because it's it's yeah it, and, and that's that's the thing like you know you were the content then now you're doing your thing and you know like you said you don't really have the space in and everything else to do the live streaming um is that something that that you've probably put on the back burner semi-permanently now or is it like maybe later on in years you may get back into or have you even thought about it uh i've thought about it a lot um I was actually really upset because I had spent, don't tell my wife, uh, a lot of money uh, playing a game and opening up cases. And it was like going for a very specific item. Uh-huh. And I had at least four or five hours worth of stuff I had to edit. And when my room changed, something happened with the PC and I lost all that footage. Oh, oh no, dude. So there was hours and hours of like gameplay and just like funny content and moments that I had with uh, a a bunch of other guys because uh, I I play I'm in a, another Discord and I play with these guys a lot now and they all play stuff like extremely competitively. Like if the, if there's a competitive okay. mode in the game, that's what we're in. Like zero hesitation. First game on, you're in competitive. Got it. Like that's what we do, and it and it really sucked because I we had poor like. Even my buddies that were there, like, we were, like, just shit-talking and shooting the shit. And it, it felt like almost a podcast was just, like, a game in the background. And uh-huh. when I lost it all, I, I had actually made that tweet that I lost, like, four or five videos I was supposed to be editing. So now I have yeah. to, like, try to stockpile back up on footage because I want to I wanna try to make, like, one, like, 20-minute long video a week and just, like, throw it onto YouTube. But it'd be, like, exclusively for YouTube. So I want to get that stockpiled up a bit. Mm-hmm. But live streaming is just so difficult because my schedule is so volatile. Like, right, yeah, right. that's why, like, you'll see me look over every now and then, like, just checking my phone to see if they're, like, calling me back for something. Cause, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I know, and especially, like, because we're, we're, it's, it's been, shit, it's been about two hours. I try and keep these at about two hours just to not, in, you know, like, fuck with your day. Um, but, yeah, like, if you got to go, you just, I right, see you, bye. And yeah, fuck your bowl. Like, yeah, I get, I'd be like, I, I that's cheap. That. Yep, no, I respect but. the shit out of that. So I I think that like with and this is this is sort of my arena, like content creation. This is what I do. I think that that's the right um alley to go down. 
it, you know, if you're like, yeah, live streaming on Twitch, just is, is you never know when, you don't have a schedule, you don't know, like, shit could, you could think you have three hours, and all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, you get a phone call, you gotta leave. I think doing, like, YouTube, I think doing YouTube, especially with the content, you know, that is you, but, you know, the content that you create, um, you know, other people that you're playing with, but then being able to grab that, you know, eight hours of, of video footage or, or whatever footage you have and editing just the parts that you want and, and putting those up and doing all that, especially time-wise, that's, to me, that's genius. It's genius. Yeah. You could you could do that. You could break it up into one 20-minute, two 10-minutes, whatever, drop it once or twice a week. And then you could do like a regular drop, you know, like every Monday and Wednesday, blah, blah, or every Wednesday or whatever it is. Um, and you don't even have to be there when it drops. You know what I mean? You can schedule it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, you could even do like 10 of them and schedule them for the next two and a half months. You know, just... Yeah, and that's that's why I like start to lean towards YouTube the most is because when eventually I get deployed, if I have a stockpile of footage and videos already edited, I can just have like my wife yeah. log in and just say upload, like upload, like just sending stuff out. So it's not like I've just disappeared off the face for nine months, mm -hmm. which is, for me, honestly, like, I know everybody's like, don't look at the view count. Don't look at the view count. When I came back from boot camp, I had, like, that one, like, really, really good, like, month to two months. And then everything just kind of, like, just downward spiraled because then my schedule got volatile again with classes. And right. then everything started flipping. And it was, it was hard to be able to have a consistent schedule. So uh -huh. it's hard to try to build a consistent audience of, like, yeah. people were, like, they're yes. going to come in and they know you and you know them. And it's it was really hard and i and now with the medical stuff that i have going on uh it's it's really hard to be able to find time especially with what they have me on where i can just like 30 minutes later i'll end up being asleep for like three or four hours it's it's really hard trying to figure out a good way to balance everything uh -huh. so i've just kind of set that aside like i might throw up a stream every once in a while but otherwise most of the time when i just sit down to game with my buddies i'll just click record that way i can like funny moments like great oh, yeah. plays and like sometimes we're just having like straight up conversations like this where we're just shooting the shit and i it's it's so much easier to do that than to always have to be looking over at a second monitor at chat and trying to keep up with that uh especially when playing games extremely competitively at that point oh yeah, oh, uh, yeah. to having volatile schedules it's easy to sit down and click record and just get like three hours worth of footage when you can mm -hmm. and then just go through throughout the week and just edit it down to what you want the parts that you need in there or the stuff that people like don't want in there because it like doesn't look good or whatever and it's like right. that just makes the most sense and i've i definitely wish that editing software wasn't so damn expensive i got a but, good free one for you I have a really, really good free one for you. I might have to. I'm definitely have to. Yeah, I will. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll DM it over to you, but I don't know if you've ever heard of DaVinci Resolve. I have. I I was using PowerDirector for a little bit. So the That's... reason why I like DaVinci, I used to use Adobe because my my history with YouTube is that I used to run a vlog with my kids. We actually had like, you know, views that, or videos that had like forty to sixty thousand views on them. Like we we did the whole family vlog thing right? right and so the whole time of like recording and editing we did everything adobe 
um, and we had you know the whole package, so like all all the different um, editing programs. And the thing about Adobe is that to get it just right, I had to use like two or three of them to get it you know look the way I do. When I found DaVinci Resolve, I found that they had incorporated all of those into one program. Now, is it the best editing program that there ever was? No, you can't expect that from a free program, you know. No. But it, in my opinion, going from the paid Adobe to this, um, it, it's close enough that I would never pay for Adobe again. Adobe, unless you sponsor me. Um, so, it, <laughs> let's just be real. I'm always open. Yeah. Um, but for a free program, it does everything that I need to because I'm not a professional filmmaker. You know, I just do for like YouTube stuff. Um, but for like editing, you know, YouTube videos or uh, uh, gaming, it, it, uh, I would recommend it because it's, it's uh, put it this way, everything that you save monthly on, on your editing, you can put into, you know, opening more chests and stuff on gameplay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying really to help you with the wife. I, I really hope that she does not watch this episode. No, I, I haven't spent that much. It's it's actually not an insane amount when you like look over how long my account has been there. Mm -hmm. It it actually hasn't been that long, especially considering that a lot of the stuff that I actually have to purchase, uh, my friends would have like just laying around in their inventories, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Do this set of cases next. Here's twenty of them. Buy like thirty more, and then you're good." And they're always like ten cent cases, so you figure oh, okay. three bucks, and, and yeah, I have, you just I have open no up idea. Just yeah, I have no idea what those. So like, I'm over here thinking like, dude, just spend like six hundred bucks, but like if they're ten cent cases, I mean, and, and don't say how much you spent because if she does this, <laughs> we'll just go with the ten cent. There was like thirty of them, three bucks were good. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> I love you, Meg. Yes, yes, we do. I absolutely do. <laughs> and now here's the part of the program where Mad Dog just grovels and and tells her how much he loves her, um, so that he doesn't disappear. <laughs> but like, did the military do it? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> that was the wife. But I I know that because you you do have um uh intriguing to me uh health stuff going on and i know that you gotta you gotta take um your meds and they might make you knock out um and and i don't want to like i really don't want to mess with that schedule um that you have going on uh so i mean unless there's anything really really big that you want to share with anybody uh if there's like you know parting parting words to let people know uh, i was gonna say if we want i can go through a couple of the great boot camp stories oh dude okay i'm down the, I mean, if you're cool to keep talking, I'm down. The yeah, I'm I'm fine. I uh, I taken them a little bit ago. I'm chilling for now, but it's, okay. it's probably gonna be coming. So okay. Uh, <laughs> these are all unedited, true experiences. Okay. And that's the one disclaimer that I'm going to get. Uh, <laughs> so where do we want to start? We want to start with week one, or do we want to start at the end and just work our way back? Okay, let's go week one, man. Let's see. I All want right, to see the progression of this. One. So, like I said, everything that you would have seen in that Making a Sailor documentary that they actually have on YouTube, 100% real. Okay. The RDCs are really up in your face yelling like that. They don't care. And the greatest thing that happened in week one before quarantine, like arrival night, 
that is everybody's biggest thing is arrival night because that's when everything goes downhill from there. Like you think that you're just living high and everything just hits you like a, like a break. We get in there and we have chiefs yelling at us, make your phone call, make your fucking phone call. I said, make your fucking phone call. And like, you're panicking. So you aren't hitting the numbers properly. And then it's quickly go get, come up there, get your letter, go stand behind them. And I'm the first letter in the alphabet. Right. 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 At, adding it because that's all you have yep. last name you're yep. in the military your last name and the one line that still sits with me from that week besides the whole uh new skin story uh-huh. is them call it trying to call out my name fucking up and going guy with the first name michael last name add a fucking song for here <laughs> hands me the letter and says go get in line behind the females so I go and stand. I'm like five feet away. And they're like, not that close hot yet. Hot shit. <laughs> I am. I am trying so hard to keep it together because it is so funny. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you have to just maintain that straight face or you're going to get in more trouble than it's worth. Right. Okay. Okay. And now being able to tell that story and just smile and laugh about it. Like <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so it wasn't that you kept a straight face because you were scared the moment. It's because you didn't want to get fucked up for yeah, laughing it's, about it's, it. It's one of those where it's like, oh, fuck, you just said that. That's funny as hell. But if I open my mouth, I'm done. I'm on the yeah. ground push-ups. Like, we're not homies. I can't go over and go, dude, that was the shit. Do it again. Do it. No. No. It's no. It, no. It's not one of those. You don't <laughs> get that relationship until, like, after you finish battle stations, which I cannot talk about, unfortunately. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. They got part of it in the documentary, so if you want to, so I can I can send you the documentary, and you can people yeah, can go yeah, and yeah. watch it. It's it's really an experience when you like watch it. Battle stations Excel itself was made by Walt Disney, like Disney World. It's a Disney oh. World thing. Shit. Okay. That's about all I can say. So you can okay. figure it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, week two. Oh, man. I didn't get to week two until week eight. That tells you about <laughs> how my boot camp went. Uh, COVID. I hate COVID. COVID's the absolute worst. Uh, nothing really crazy happened besides the fact that I had to go through what's called P-Days three times because that's the processing days. Okay. That's when everybody's getting in there, getting stabbed by needles and going through all the here's your main set of here here's your first set of uniforms this is what you're getting and like getting you fit for everything and then sending it off to get fit and just so you know the hollywood depiction of everybody walking in a line through the room to get all their shots is a hundred percent accurate well were yes. you, you go and just we, get stabbed yeah mm-hmm. we had we boxes. it was step forward say say your name and if you have allergies They'll check your tag, and then they, they they don't even, like, push it in gently. They just, one one fluid motion, bang. You're, oh, the penicillin shot, a.k.a. the peanut oh. butter shot. Anybody who knows about peanut butter, <laughs> that thick, consistent feeling. When you're stuck in a room with four doctors, a bunch of needles, and 12 sailors staring across the table from each other with your pants down, it's the worst thing ever because you're just sitting there looking at them like, 
what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> what did we sign up for? Your eyes are just big. You're like, sometimes you'll look up and just look at each other like, bro, what the fuck is going on? And then you just put your head down in shame. And they just come through and they stick that needle. And I swear, they push it all the way to your bone. And just this thick, thick, disgusting liquid gets shoved in there. And they're like, don't rub it. Or you want to rub on it. Don't use, like, your water bottle to roll it out. Don't use hot water, X, Y, Z. First thing that happened when we got back to the compartment, all of our RDCs, go fill that shit up with hot water and rub your asses out. Because we're about to beat the hell out of you. You guys can't walk in a straight line. It's like, oh, no. Oh. What did we do? So so your week two, which is your week eight, you just got a bunch of needles in the ass. Pretty much, yeah. Needles in the ass and the shoulders. My my leg was hurting for days. So and, they just give you everything all at once. Yep. And, and P days is technically considered week one, so week two is actually week two. Okay. Or is week one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ass backwards as fuck. They don't count P days as part of your training because they're processing you into the military. Got you. Uh, actual week two. So now we're like actually getting into training. Like all the processing bullshit's done. We're going at it. Uh, swimming, which is my strong suit. My days might be completely screwed up because. I try to forget most of boot camp, but I'm trying to like remember like certain major events that were like considered in the weeks. So, so week two you might have actually been you, week one. You actively try to forget boot camp. Yes, you can't forget boot camp as hard as you try, just because the memory haunts you. Because you're like, I don't want to go back there. Anybody comes up, how was your military ex- experience? Like, I want to join. Don't join. Don't. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like, honestly, like, I think we do need people in the military. That's, like, evident. Otherwise, there's no point in even trying to fight another country. We might just be like, hey, Canada, you're in charge of us now. I don't want to do anything anymore. Like, (laughs) Sorry. I just pictured how that would go. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Boot camp is such an experience. It's, It's a great experience if... If you didn't have to sign, like, a five-, six-year contract, yeah, go for it. You can sign a three-year. Run it. Try it for a little bit. I mean, you'll get a nice chunk of cash out of it, at least. I mean, that's about it. Otherwise, you get job training. That's pretty much what it is. If you aren't good in school, military is where most people go. And it makes sense. Some of these... So, uh, And I don't mean that all the time in a good way. Some of these motherfuckers, I swear, don't know how to tie their shoes. (laughs) Okay. So this was like their one chance to succeed somewhere in life. Yes, uh, for a lot of people, it's like their their last shot. Otherwise, they're gonna end up like homeless or like in in bad situation, some, some fucked up situation. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so week two, from what I remember, is swimming, and they have they have the normal swim test where it's like you just got to swim this distance, float for this long, uh, with this with like your certain gear on uh jump off the tower and then one of them's jump off the tower and get to the raft which makes sense all navy usable things yeah then they have a special test after the first test and it's called muddy water navy which is where you get special swim qualification for certain jobs that some people might not have i'm muddy water i'm muddy water qualified that's the only qualification that i have so far in the navy besides being able to say 
I can do the dishes. Um, hey, GGs. Okay, <laughs> I know some people I mean, that don't know not, how to do the dishes. So it's, yeah. it's not wrong, but uh, so it's pretty much just swimming. You have to do front crawl, breaststroke, backstroke, and then uh, side stroke. But because of my contract that I had prior, I knew combat side stroke, which is it's a modified side stroke. Okay, it's it's, it's all it really is, and. So they have us do that, and it's just like a short test to see if you're able to even do the strokes. Got it. There was like 10 of us there, and then there was only 5 of us that took the actual test. Okay. Because people like couldn't get like certain strokes right, or just didn't look proper for them. Okay. And I was doing the combat side stroke. I was the only one that did the combat side stroke, and the Navy diver that was in the water went, alright, chill out, Special Forces. You don't gotta show off. Just do a normal side stroke before they DQ you. And I was like... <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> My bad. Didn't that, mean to do that. I was just kind of swimming. They find like uh, you know if someone's going to be a rescue swimmer or that sort of thing. Is that, or does that come later on? Like, is that determined within those tests where you're going to be at, um, or where your strengths are, or is this literally just can you fucking swim test? It's it's mostly just can you fucking swim test. All okay. your jobs are decided before you even go to boot camp. Oh, it's okay. Decided the day that you swear in. That's why I was like, I was able to go home and show them that I was submariner. Okay, got it. Submariner. Sorry, I know some <laughs> people don't like submariner. I've had a chief tell me it's some. It's a submariner, not submariner. I'm like, my bad. Inter but, it's interesting. It's one of those things. What tomato, tomato? It, it depends on how people want yeah. to say it. And, but through all that, it's your job gets picked before you even go to boot camp. So you might so you might not even find out until you go to boot camp that you have a shit job. Oh. Wait, so wait, like, they don't tell you what it is? No, you pick your job. So oh, okay. they give like a brief description. So like CPACT is Got it. you do a bunch of odd jobs to decide what job you want after a year. Okay. You don't get a whole lot of choices with the jobs that you get to do. That's the thing that sucks for it. Like me, I went MMS, which subdivides into TM and A-Gang. Luckily, I got A-Gang, which is what I wanted, but TMs are weapons. Okay. I wouldn't mind it either, but, you know, I wanted to have something that, like, when I get out, I'm like, I can go work HVAC, you know, shit like that. Right, which is, is very lucrative. So yeah. it's, it's a good it's a good skill set to have. Absolutely. Let's say like me, like me with my ASVAP scores, I had tested into um, doing armaments, which would not have normally been a good job, except for that I had qualified to test new machinery. So I was going to test all the new guns and all of the new weaponry that was going to be coming out in the Air Force. Ooh. Okay, fun. that sounds fun. That that's <laughs> yeah. Fun. Like I I never went military, but damn it, I do that. <laughs> like ooh, do thing. Okay. Now I gotta uh, ask, what was your ASVAB score? Because I can still I can still change branches. Uh, I think mine was up in the nineties. <laughs> Holy fuck! I'm not even close to that. Yeah, uh, 70, <laughs> I had seventy four. I had seventy four. Yeah, no, I think like. If I remember correctly, it was like either 92 or 94. I can't remember. So, you want to hear some crazy shit? Uh-huh. Hmm. Meg's tested it in like 98. Wait, wait, wait. Is she, is she military? She's not military. She's oh. not military. She okay. was going to, but she was like, 
decided okay. not to, but like, yeah, she had tested high as fuck, and I was like, damn, I am the dumb one in the group. <laughs> I went through with the military. <laughs> She's making more money than me. I mean, that's one thing that I hate when people say, it's like, you got that military money, you don't have to worry about shit. I'm going to share a top secret with you guys that's public knowledge. We don't make jack shit. It's a bonus that makes us money. And still, my bonus was 10 grand. So after taxes, I got 7.5. Yeah. You know, you still get fucking tax on it, which is crazy to me. But yeah. Yeah. My monthly pay? Underneath three grand. When everybody looks at military pay and goes, you're making bank. They're looking at officer pay, not enlisted pay. Well, that and, and what I found with, like, with the Army, um, the people that I knew, they were uh, e- E5 E5 and above, I think E5 and E7, but they um, they got a, a, oh, fuck, what's it called? When you get, because they were stationed in Hawaii, and they got, like, cost oh, cola. cola, thank you. So, like, they were like, our pay is, eh. And then our cola makes it go here, <laughs> which yeah. also depends where you live. It changes. Yep. That's what I learned. So it, like they've like a lot. Yeah. Like I've if I if I if I got BAH, which is or BHA, BAH, Basic Allowance for Housing, something like that. Yeah, BAH. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I were to be in Hawaii, it's twenty two thousand. Here it's like seventeen or twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred equals so, out a little bit over. Yeah. 22, the 24, 20. It's like some statistic number that I'm not good with math. Sorry. <laughs> it's around 25, around 25 grand a year. <laughs> military don't know, kind of dyslexic and dyscalculus. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like I, 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 the, the, both of them got that. And, and, and I was because, you know, we were really, really good friends. They're people that I knew the whole time that they're yeah. there. They're actually the first people um, that I met when we moved there um as i was moving in there were uh townhouses there were three like it was a huge 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 um it, it was old military housing that they turned into um civilian housing so these really nice well really well built townhouses um you know like cinder block cement but it was beautiful not for military grade <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah they were well well done but there were like three of them that went like a u in this section you know there's a whole bunch of sections and yeah. when we were moving in and getting everything you know settled there was some people sitting under their carport they had backed their cars out and they had a barbecue out and there was like you know four or five people like different neighbors all hanging out barbecuing together and so i just walked over and was like hi i'm your new neighbor because you know, you, you met me. I fucking talk. That's what I do. I, yeah. I talk to people. And so I met him literally the first, within the first, like, three days of moving there. After, you know, three years of knowing him, they fucking spilled beans on everything. And, uh, <laughs> but it was, that's what I learned, is that with BH, like, they both got so much for living in Hawaii. And they were able to collectively, like, buy a five six hundred thousand dollar home because they're like yeah we make enough like this to be able to afford any fucking thing we want to which Hawaii's expensive but when you're sticking you know four or five thousand dollars a month into a, a home you can get almost whatever the fuck you want to get it doesn't oh, matter yeah. where you are uh which which i thought was pretty awesome like i i thought that 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 part of you know the military life i thought that was pretty cool that that was something that that they offered you yeah. know, so that you can afford housing depending on where you went. And it, it works really well for, like, if we were to want a $500,000 home, if I just take my whole paycheck 
and just put it at the home, I'll still have a little bit of extra money. But if my wife is working, obviously it makes it easier yeah. on bills and everything else too, which is the smart thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it The only reason why your pay is so low is because you're like fresh meat. Like you might not make it. You might just tap out. Like you don't want to be here. Right. Start getting your mental messed up. So they start low, but over time you'll get your uh, pay increased along with gaining rank. So like uh, E6 over 6 is sitting close to like $4,000 a month. Okay. Which is which is really decent, especially considering that if you look at an average house, like a four hundred thousand dollar house, it's like to twenty two hundred a month. Yeah, it's 25. like twenty two. It's like twenty one hundred a month or something yeah. like that, which is extremely affordable, especially if you're getting four grand a month. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't know about you guys listening, but if I'm handed four grand a month, I can't afford a twenty five hundred dollar home. You know, that leaves fifteen hundred bucks a month for the rest of expenditures. I can make that work. I've done less. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, going by something like that, yeah, you totally can do that. Um, and then also, if you do have a spouse and they're, they're working, it just makes it a lot more comfortable. But that makes sense, though, that they start you off low like that because of how many people probably do tap out in the in the first, you know, six months to a year or two years, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I get that business-wise. Like, I'm going dehumanizing everybody, just going literal numbers of business. Um, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And also, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but usually isn't it like the first year or so they pretty much want you to live in barracks anyway? Uh, it depends. If you're married pre, pre-contract, pre you'll you actually get BAH through boot camp. Oh, okay. Uh, that way you can pay for whatever house or apartment you had prior. Once you get your actual contract orders, uh, if your schooling is short, they'll be unaccompanied which means that you go to school, you still get all the BH and everything, you live in student barracks just with every other student, and then that money goes goes to pay your stuff that you still have until you get strict orders okay. that are accompanied. Uh, for me, I had unaccompanied orders when I first got my actual like physical orders for my boat, but that's because I wasn't married yet. After right. I got married, once I went through my check-in process, I had to find out how I could geobatch. Geobatching is n- trying to be phased away in the military because most of the time they'll make you go out into town. Luckily enough, uh, mine somehow got approved. And nice. even when they did switch my orders now, that way I'm because I'm on a med hold, uh, I'm still allowed the geobatching. They aren't going to just be like, oh, yeah, now you can't geobatch because you got new orders. Okay. Because I'm I'm still not supposed to be here a long time. A med hold is six months to to a year. If it goes to, if it goes past a year, then you get evaluated by a med board, and then they decide if they're going to kick you out, uh-huh. or if they're going to try to change your rate, or what they're going to do to try to figure stuff out. Because obviously, you don't want broke broke dick no worky worky over here staying in the military for fucking fifty <laughs> years, dude. And, and if you're broke dick no worky worky staying in for fifty years wouldn't be a bad gig. No, it wouldn't. That you, you don't got to do shit and still get paid. Yeah, and actually, they they tend to force retire people now because they have so many people in with pension, which a lot of people don't know. They actually did away with the actual pension. So it okay. used to be you would get a certain percentage of your base pay after you retired by how many years. Now it's a four hundred one k style thing, which okay. kind of sucks because you have to put. I understand it, but like you put five percent in Navy matches that five percent. That's all that they'll match. They'll only match five percent. Okay. 
So then the rest of it has to come out of your money. So you're taking away money that you need for that. Like if you have that $400,000 house, right? you're taking away money from that. And now you're only able to get a $300,000 house, which isn't bad. Like it's right, not bad right, by any right, means, right. but it also depends on where you're living. Exactly. Because exactly. up here, a single bedroom apartment is a grand. So if that you makes sense. To, if you're putting money into your 401k and let's say that you're putting 25% in because you can only put so much in a year anyways. Right. So you're putting 25% in if you're making like two grand a month, that's $500 yeah. a month that's going in there, which means you only have 1500 and then you get your BAH and your BAH just pays everything else. You have $1,500 for food, gas. That, because right. then you go off your utilities, yeah. everything else. And it sucks. It's really hard to do, especially because then you can't go out and do stuff with people. Because right. then you're kind of like, I'm strict budget here. I can't afford this. That makes sense. That makes it, it does. It depends on like, you know, where you are and, and how what you want to put away and everything else. Like I do like though that there that it forces you to like get really real about that kind of stuff. You know, some people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm in here. I can do whatever the fuck I want." When you're really in there, you got to start going, "Oh shit, okay." When I was 16, $1500 a month was fucking amazing, right? Oh, you know, absolutely. you're like, "I'm 16, $1500 a month." When you get grown out in the real world, you're like just 15 because i'm kind of fucked you know like yeah it's like i look at i look at my bills and i'm like i don't need wi-fi technically but if i want to do something besides be trapped in four walls losing my mind Uh that's like 70 dollars a month right and then it starts to add up because you figure gas prices right now who that's like 150 Uh that's like 150 a month if you're lucky yep then you have groceries put down another hundred dollars then you have your car note mine's 320 right now like that's 320 dollars my insurance is 320 and that's cut and that's with renters and car right there that's pretty much your whole grand just you got 500 dollars and that's and and then you have to put some of it you have to put like half of that into savings because if something goes wrong on your car you got to do that or if something goes wrong with your family and they need help you got to send i I hope that you aren't a shitty person and aren't gonna be like now go fuck yourself (laughs) like you're gonna send something to help Right, right, right. And that's, like, when it comes down to that, like, that's hitting, like, legitimately, like, the real world type stuff. Yeah. You know, and, like. And like, I can say that before I got my bonus, I, I got married in November last year, 2021, November 10th. Congratulations. And I can I can say confidently, I, I took leave in November, I took leave in December, and I took leave uh, in, and I just took leave. Plane tickets are not cheap. No, no. Not at all. And it's even more expensive to drive. And if you're going, even to go back to Wisconsin, it was like $400, $500. Because what sucks, I hate this about the military, and I will say this, and I will 100% say this till the day I die, filling out a leave kit. They say fill it out two weeks in advance. That way they can get it to you back in a reasonable time. I still don't get that shit till the day before. I swear. Do, do they hold on to it till the day before? Like on purpose, or is it just there's well, so it, many of them coming in? It's it's not that there's so many of them coming in. It's because everybody has their specific job that they have to do, and it, this piece of paper has to get signed off by so many people going up a chain before it can even get to the captain. And the captain makes the ultimate decision on, yes, you can go on leave. No, we need you here. 
Got you. Luckily for me, when they do stand down stuff, it's kind of like a gimme. You can take first or second leave. Which one do you want? It's like, so do you then, want New Year's or do you want Christmas? You can pick. So then technically, you can't even really buy your plane ticket until you get that. Because exactly. you're wasting your money. If if you get a no, you just put money into a plane ticket you can't use. Yeah, and you can cancel it. But you get like half the price back because there's no yeah. shot that they're going to sell it. It's like That's, that's just wasting money. that's why it's so expensive but between that time period of november when i had first taken leave and we'd gotten married to uh when i got my bonus in in the end of march i had zero control on spending i was just money here money here money here money here i was like i had extra money because i didn't i didn't think about it logically i wasn't like oh i need money for this scenario or this scenario i wasn't like Okay, we're looking at getting a house now. Okay, we need this. We're gonna we're talking about having our ceremony now, and we're like, okay, we're gonna need this set aside. So we're like, now divvying it up to try to figure out, and like shit goes wrong. Like with my car that we talked about at the beginning, where some guy just was an asshole and had hit it. Right. It. Now that's twelve hundred dollars that has to come out of my pocket, and I can tell you what, I still don't have the twelve hundred dollars for it. Right. Right. Because right. I have more bills now especially with everything being more confined and prices going up in certain things and you have to try to figure out what you need and what you don't need that I've gotten a lot better about budgeting and I maybe have like a hundred dollars that I'm free to spend a month that I use to spend a month. Everything else goes into savings accounts or joint accounts or certificates. It's crazy how that works. Like as you as you start hitting that responsible older, right? People are like, "Oh man, you make two, three, four thousand dollars a month, man. You're rich." You're like, "No, no, no, no. I make a hundred. Okay, <laughs> the bills, the house, the savings, everything else that makes the two, three, four thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I, I make a hundred. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I get that. That was something that um, was started with what we're building. We were literally putting in every single penny back into it, right? It got to a point that both of us were getting annoyed and burnt out. And this is why I'm glad that you have a hundred. Um, you know, the whole point of saying this is that when you work your ass off and you see no personal, just frivolous amount that you get, it gets annoying. It really it really gets annoying. Like, I don't care if it's 20 bucks. Like, just pay yourself 20 bucks that you can go buy lollipops and bubble gum and and fucking put it in your video game, whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. But to have that like this is my reward for sacrificing my time and my life essentially to make this money for my family for, you know, what's going on. Um, like Star and I, we were putting every penny back into it. And then it hit a point where I was just like, we need, we need to go, okay, we made this much. We have to take some for ourselves. I don't care if it's 10 bucks. I don't care if it's 50. I don't care if it's a hundred, like whatever it equates to that month, but you got to do it. You got to like, if you and if you and your wife, we're going to go generically make $10,000 a month collectively, but your bills are, you know, 9300 with savings. Make sure that you guys take like 100 200 bucks and put it into your pocket each so that, you know, she's like, I, I want Starbucks, but I want the super vintage triple double double foam, you know, whatever that costs $16 for a fucking coffee. She but you know it. what she orders. <laughs> That's exactly what I hear when she orders coffee. I'm like, what the fuck? Because that's Starbucks, bro. Like, 
double calf non Absolutely. put a cow in it we, we got goat's milk do so you ever milk an ant we got ant milk whatever the fuck i don't know what they put yeah, in this shit but mental but it's 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 it's, it's, it's a venti white chocolate mocha with a quad and seven pumps of white chocolate plus the whipped cream on top and then put some chocolate drizzle really and add some unicorn the, fart from that w- fucking drink <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you just live the willy wonka life with that drink that's all i'm saying oh, yeah. like that was in the factory like you, belt you, just there is <laughs> there is so much sugar in that drink i guarantee you that you start tasting colors that you see because you just associate it with the drink dude dude right. it's four shots four shots of espresso Plus, then there's seven pumps of the white chocolate syrup. So there's a stupid amount of caffeine and sugar in that thing. That's the one I get when I have to, like, drive across the country or I have to work all night long. (laughs) Okay, so I I take blood pressure medicine. I started taking one because my heart wasn't beating right. I hear that, what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know how I can die today if I really want to. I'll just go drink that <laughs> and I'm dead. I'm done. It's over. No medication will save me after that fucking drink. Like oh, yeah. that's that's insane. That's but like but the whole point of that is I love that you guys have, you know, that you have where it's like, yeah, it might only be a hundred bucks, but make sure you keep fucking doing that. Make sure you keep just putting it in your pocket. If you want to save it, save it. If you want to buy fuzzy dice for your rear view mirror in your car fucking do it you know what i mean just like whatever it is but that even that little bit it it takes away the i work my ass off for what feeling away not not completely but it, it leaves that feeling yeah it, um, it makes you feel a bit better like hey yeah. i got a hundred bucks i'm right? gonna go get a steak right dude dude damn straight <laughs> absolutely it was my my daughter's uh, 16th birthday two days ago and I, I did that. I was like, whatever restaurant you want to go to. And so she's like, I want this one that sat out over the river and looked at the skyline and had $60 entrees on it. And I was like, you know what? That's what we're going to fucking do. You know, granted, I saved for, you know, a minute to be, to be able to take everybody there. But it was nice to be able to go there and go get what you want. You yeah. know, do do your thing. Get your, your you know. It $20, was so $30 meal. Weird. It was so weird. Coming See, from somebody who doesn't usually get to, like, before I met Potch, I didn't get to go to, like, the expensive, fancy things. I didn't have, like, Whataburger was the most expensive that I would go for. And, <laughs> and, and he takes us out to this restaurant where literally, like, the cheapest entree was 30 bucks. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't want to eat. Yeah, I had to tell, I had to, like, force her. I was like, look, I saved for this on purpose. Is that something I normally do? No, I'm not a millionaire. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I'm not a millionaire where I go have $200 dinners every night. But if there's a special occasion, you take that 100 bucks that you get, you know, and, and if there's something coming up that you want to get, if there's, there's fucking new PC parts. You know, you might take that hundred bucks for the six months. Just go, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. Take that six hundred bucks and get the best shit that you can get to make your, your computer the best that you know. But having that is is key. Um yeah, I'm over here like I'm a grown old man financial advice, but I'm telling you, it's little I mean, things. You're right. Like I, I didn't they don't teach that shit in school. No, but they don't. They really they should. Shouldn't. Oh, God, That's the one should. good. Uh, oh, I love that about week three in boot camp. 
We're going right back to yeah, you. I was gonna we're, say, we're I was keeping gonna up say, with the stories. Well, yeah, yeah. We're like we're going all over the place, but we are going. We are now week three. Week three. So we we did all the muddy water shit. There there wasn't a whole lot that went on, uh, besides like people trying to learn how to march and tripping over their own left foot. Like people are can't march yeah. on a beat. One, oh. two, one, two, one, two. Can't step on it properly. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. I, that hurts my soul, but okay. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so week three, it was like a lot of it was like, okay, you're getting tested on the very few knowledge that you already have. So we had tests. We had uh, a lot of stuff where it was like, okay, this is your class this week. Like you had first aid training. You had uh, introduction into firearms. That way you had to learn because you have to know deadly force. If you use deadly force in the military, you go to UCMJ trial and you will have to have that memorized. Okay. Don't ask me it. I don't have it memorized yet. I have it in my notebook. (laughs) Got you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, stuff like that. And luckily they came in there and they were, they had the command career counselors and the, all that stuff. And they're like, actually sit down and they talk to you about finances. Like That's they sat cool. there, they talked to you about finances when they had all the branches come in originally for like uh, Navy Fed and Armed Forces Bank and like these branches uh, or these like military made companies pretty much that were financial institutions. They talked a little bit about it, but having the command career counselors come in, they were like giving you like good financial, they gave you like actual, they can't say advice, but they gave like actual ideas for it. Okay. And some people probably didn't listen to it. Some people probably went and are still blowing all their money now. And some people like me have wisened up real quick. Like, hey, look, I can't just go throw $400 at this Nerf gun just because I want to. <laughs> because I can. Yeah. It's it's like that $400 can be saved. And if I want to save that $400 rather than going and eating Texas Roadhouse every other week, I I could have my car fixed and replaced, you know. Right, right, right. It's it's crazy stuff like that, and that's why week three was actually like such a good week. There wasn't anything that I could really pick out indecisively, besides the fact that also that week we got our uniforms. Like they they had our names sewn on it. Oh shit! And they had the USN on it, and that was the moment that it really hit everybody. Was that Thursday? It was a Thursday for us when we went and got our uniforms. I remember it very specifically. We went and got our uniforms and we got to put them on for the first time. And we just kind of like looked at each other and then our petty officers came in and we're yelling at us on your fucking face, on your fucking face. And we're like, fuck. Like we're having a moment, sir, sir. Never mind. But we're having a moment. (laughs) So he had us in front leading rest and he was, he was giving us a speech about like, this is what you're working for is to have your name on your chest. Just like I do walking around with the ring tab in the center representing the greatest naval force that this world has ever seen and it it hits home for a lot of people there's there's a lot of people there that are like i'm here to serve my country because that's what i've wanted to do since birth yeah and and there was a lot of people that were actually like starting to cry and obviously he got on them for being a bunch of crybabies but you know (laughs) That's their job. They're meant to be a bunch of assholes. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, all of them were probably in the exact same, you know, well, not probably, they were in the exact same point when they got in. Yeah, and you that's, know, so. and when I kept getting, and when I had gotten set back those two times, and I, I was having a rough go of it, because it's like, 
we were pretty much locked inside of a giant uh barracks room with or not barracks room like a giant uh division hall pretty much okay so like there were compartments where normally you would sleep at if you were in a division but it became the rom building due to covid if you got covid at at great lakes you just went there instead of getting shipped all the way back to wisconsin too much money right so you're sitting in these in these racks in this giant compartment that you were supposed to be in actually learning stuff and eventually after like three four days it starts to get to you like what the fuck am i doing here because you kind of go a little bit stir crazy understandable by the time that sixth day comes around and you know that your time is almost coming you start to feel good like i spent thanksgiving at uh at fort mccoy wisconsin during quarantine and then i spent christmas in rom again because of COVID. so i had missed two major things and i was like and that's when it really started to hit me was because christmas is usually a time of family and right we were all just kind of like sitting there super depressed and luckily the chief came up god bless bmc she came up with movies and said pick some movies to watch and then unlock the and then unlock the fish tank or the shark tank my bad <laughs> rdc's call it the fish tank we call it the shark tank you get one or the other but they go she unlocked it and was like everybody has you guys have how many people in here and we're like 15 she's like all right someone do 15 times 15 that's how long you guys have to make phone calls okay. and everybody got a 15 minute phone call for christmas because they realize that it's not it's not like we can write letters and send them home because we're in quarantine. They don't allow us to send the stuff out of there because it's not our right. actual address. So we had to wait until we finally got to another division in order to send our letters out. I didn't get to my division until January 7th because Christmas had delayed absolutely everything. And I had to Please. wait for them to catch up to where I was. But I was in there and I was... And when we were down in front leading rest and he was giving us a speech, I was, I could just remember, I was like, I got through it once before being stir crazy. I can get through this. It's nothing. They went through the same thing that they did, that we are mm -hmm. like, we're just following in their footsteps. And that's, yeah. and yeah. that was actually the speech that he was giving was about how we're following their footsteps and they're already seized and let them in without being able to trust their lives with theirs. So it's our turn to take over the torch and we're going to have to have the same thing just go over and over and over and it was just it started to become ingrained and annoying at that point because it just kept coming up in conversations like do you think i'm going to trust you with my life if you can't walk in a straight line it, it was it was shit like that and i was like man that that line's getting old but it makes sense it, yeah it does because when shit hits the fan who are you going to trust to have your back the guy who barely passed his marksman course or the guy who shot perfect right dude right the no, guy who it, it, can't swim in the middle of the ocean, like, if we're in the middle of the ocean, are you going to trust a guy who failed swim five times and is having to <laughs> constantly redo it? Or are you going to trust the guy who went in muddy water or just passed a regular swim to even be able to, like, survive with you? Or the person that had to be told to stop showing off with their combat stroke. Yeah, no, I, I got what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... It was stuff like that in week three that really solidified. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm too far in. It's it's time to keep going through. What's kind of impressive to me and and shows the the depth of what really happened 
because you can only say so much, you know, and, and not just yeah. that you can't say any much, but like you can only say so much for the amount of shit that you went through in three weeks. Like the amount of shit that you went through in three weeks is impressive to hit that moment and go, okay, yeah, I'm proud to do this. I want to do this. And, you know, already have stuff ingrained. This is what the fuck we're doing. And this is why we're doing it. That's, if you think about, we'll just go college. No college course really hits you that deep in three weeks. You're still just past the syllabus, getting the first introduction to to fucking college. You have, you know, 10 weeks or, or you know, for like an abbreviated, you know, summer school. Yeah, You're doing the shit in three weeks. And they've run you through so much shit, so many things, so so much important things that you might not even realize till later on in three weeks that you're and, you're having this moment where you're at. That's impressive. And and so little sleep and you're just like running on like fumes for some days because it's just like one thing right after another, right after another. And it's it's the RDCs are yelling at you, not because they think that you fucked up or that you did something wrong, but at that point, they're yelling at you just that way you stay awake and pay attention. Got it. Because otherwise, if if you're just if you're just sitting there mindlessly doing the same thing over and over, at that point, it just becomes me- muscle memory, and then there's no stress involved, so you don't get the actual training that you need. Got it. Which Got is why well, I love it. And then week four was our first uniform inspection. Or it might have fallen like just at the end of week three because we did shit on Saturdays and Sundays was the only technical day off, and we still heard, went and did shit. I heard uniform inspections like super stressful. Oh, they are the most stressful thing I think I've. They are probably more stressful than going through live fire, firefighting, or battle stations. Actually, like the final count. Co- of them all because you have three uniform inspections okay you have your nwus so the multi-cam that everybody always like associates with military you You have dress blues or whites depending on season which is your final one Uh which is what everybody also associates with navy the cracker jacks the big blue ones or the bright dress whites Uh and then you have peanut butters which are more of a military style ones they're called nsus okay and those ones are more like the military peanut butter top with like the black pants. Okay. Those those are the NSUs, which are the Navy service uniforms. Those are just the ones that you wear on like fancy Friday and shit. Dumb stuff like that. I haven't worn those since sub school. Tells you how much we actually wear them. <laughs> okay. Uh but yeah, and the first uniform inspection came up and it was you have to have all your Velcro silenced, so they have the little Velcro patch on the inside that you have to do down. All the buttons have to be buttoned. You have to be able to roll your sleeves up. You have to get your boots on. You have to switch out of your PT gear into boots, your actual boot socks, have your other socks balled up and properly in your shoe, like very like minor details uh-huh. that if you fuck up, you're getting real fucked up because they go okay. through this for like week two, week three. Like they're just ingraining it into you. Got you. And when you're actually running through it, they're calling out a certain amount of time. You have 15 minutes to get it all done. So they're calling out a certain amount of time. And that's when you start to stress because after you do that and you get ready and you're on the line ready to do all the stuff that you have to do with it, they come up and just to throw a curveball at you, they'll ask you a random question. <laughs> like, 
but the first but the first one is so basic because oh. it's like the first one is so basic and that's the one that the most people get fucked up on because they're so nervous about it uh-huh and it's like they'll ask you who's the who's the chief of naval operations or who's your cno they'll say like small deviations of it to try to get people to fuck up like what does the chief wear on their dress blue uniform some people will just completely blank and it's it's mind-boggling but like i can say now the cno is admiral gilday unless they just recently changed it in that case i don't pay attention to the news or pay attention to pictures but you know that's like boot camp stuff that they go to teach you like i i remember some kid fucked up and they were asked uh, what does a force master chief petty officer of the Navy wear on their NWUs? So a master chief petty officer wears two gold star or two silver stars on top of a silver uh, or on top of, I forget the exact wording of it, but it's a gold anchor with USN and silver superimposed on it and then two two stars. Okay. And they'll they fucked it up, and they added three stars. The anchors will only ever have two stars. On on service uniforms, they only have two stars. They're just Master Chiefs. Okay. Even if they're Force or Fleet, they're just Master Chief. It's that main part, but it's because they're so nervous that people just fuck it up. Like, I know I got beat. I got my ass beat because I fucked some super basic shit up. <laughs> okay. Like, so was mine it more- was... Mine was like, what is your second RDC wear on, uh, wear as a collar device? They call them collar devices because they used to be on the collars, not the chest, but. Okay. I was, Petty Officer, my second RDC wears one perch, or one, uh, one bird on like a fucking, with like two chevrons. The terminology is like, you have to be super specific, but I'd said two chevrons. That's a second class. That's an E5. My petty officer uh, was a first class, so he had three chevrons. He came in there, and he ripped me a fucking new one. Holy. That's when I got beat for my uh, one hour of 30 push-ups. Ooh. Yeah. I was I was like, oh, fuck. I fucked up. And I can tell you what. I did not fuck up again. From that moment on, I had 5.0. <laughs> I've, every inspection that they did, I had a 5.0 on. Hell, yeah. I was on top of my shit. They were looking at me super confused because some of the questions are like, you guys didn't even learn that yet. I'm like, I fucking read ahead because I wasn't going to get caught up. <laughs> I memorized everything. Everything. We are never doing 30, 31-hour push-ups. Or, you know what I mean? An hour One push-up, 30-hour like 30 push-ups. Yeah. Like, that, dude, the more you say that, the more that like I'm picturing it, like, my arms hurt right now. I haven't yeah, done a push-up since we've been talking, but my arms hurt just thinking about 30 push-ups in an hour and what that really means. It doesn't mean you do 30 quick ones and sit for an hour. Like, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. But, like, I, I am skipping over stuff. Like, I'm I'm not going to talk about firefighting because, like, there's some stuff where there's, like, not a lot of interesting shit that happened. It was, like, just basic knowledge that you had to know. Okay, okay. Like, Hey, don't put water on an electrical fire. Right. No, that's a good call. Noted. That's a good call. It, it, it's stuff like that that they teach you. At, at that point, they're, like, teaching you common sense, and you just you sit there and learn it because you're like, shit, that's going to be useful for you in the future. Right. Because you're like, you never know what the next question is going to be. 
but then we like get to our uh nsu uniform inspections and everything goes well and then we do our drill uh march like there's a bunch of there's so much stuff that goes into like the eight weeks of boot camp that it is unless you have a journal for every day that you do something you Uh are not remembering it all but if you get asked about it like if they ask you a very very specific scenario you're you can recall to it because you have that ingrained that's crazy yeah and like like with live fire they had us with it was a three-day thing pretty much and they started off with like uh m9s that had lasers in them so it'd shoot the laser for it so there wasn't any actual like full recoil it was just kind of like the slide blowing back so like you understood how the gun functioned while you were doing your test fires and i remember we walked into the room and they were all ma's but a bunch of them were super chill some of them were like super like hey this is not the time to fuck around and i was like all right touche so like we did like the main part about it and they somebody had said one of the petty officers had said this is not call of duty i don't think that you can just slide cancel around here and hit beams and I walked, and and as we were walking out, he was walking next to me, and I sarcastically looked over, and I said, "What was the last Call of Duty you played?" And he and he had said Black Ops Four, and I watched, and I watched the pros play it, and I was like, "Oh, watch me shoot! I'm gonna shoot like simp." He chuckled, and then walked behind me and was staring so intently at the back of my head as I was shooting, and I did absolutely crazy on the on the dry fire. Okay. Like the actual laser score was like one of the it was like one off of being the highest that you can get. Okay. And he is like, that's actually insanely impressive. Now let's take you over to actual fire and see you do that. Now when you said that this isn't Call of Duty, this gun doesn't have recoil. (laughs) (laughs) He started laughing so hard, the chief had to come over and start talking to me to figure out what I said to him. And I was terrified (laughs) shaking in my boots because I was like, this chief does not seem like he's having a good day. This chief does not play modern warfare or Call of Duty. Yeah, Fuck. I was like, no, I'm gonna die. And it was, it was so fun to like just go through and like be able to like make certain smart comments at certain right times that made that like would make them laugh. Like they would right. enjoy their time because they don't. I none of them want to come in there and yell 24 7 like week eight when they were like finally like buddy buddy with us like hey yeah y'all did your shit now it's just time to get you the fuck out of here yeah they were like relaxing with us obviously they didn't ease up like if we fucked up they were beating our ass right right, right. but like they were like talking to us like other human beings it wasn't always yelling it wasn't always chaos and trying to like just make it through it was it became almost like you're one of us now congratulations your work paid off right we don't have to yell at you like you're idiots because you're now we're, we're leveled like not you know rank wise but leveled as in we're all fighting for the same fucking thing we all know? have the same goal we all have the yeah. same mentality we're all going to have our different jobs like you might yeah. be in my job but guess what you're not you're not at the same level as me like rank wise knowledge wise but you're one of us now so i'm going to yeah. protect you like my brother that's and, that's fucking cool that, like that, I, I don't know, maybe I'm awesome. mistaken, but like that, when you've had somebody yelling at you and yelling at you, when they stop and treat you like a human, that has to feel pretty good to know like, okay, they didn't do it because they hated me. They did it because that's their way of teaching. They're actually a decent human being that doesn't just yell all day long. It was so awesome because I was the only motherfucking sub guy, I swear, on that whole base. 
they went out of my RDC went out of their way to find another sub guy for me to talk to. Oh, like, that's cool. It ended up being an officer, and he the officer was pretty chill, but like it was the officer had walked in and it was attention on deck and they went, I'm here for Adnick. And I went, Oh, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, God damn it. And then I walked <laughs> over there day. and I saw the warfare pin, which means that you completed your submarine qualifications. Okay. So like you have this whole massive guide, like how I was talking about the 80%, they uh-huh. own 80% of the boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had completed that whole guide, like knowing everything that he had to know for what his rate is considered. Okay. He wasn't my rate, but he was a sub guy. He could give me insight into subworld. And let me tell you something. The subworld is easy as fuck compared to surface Navy. Surface Navy, it's very, very formal, very, very by the books. Okay. Subworld, subworld, I mean, that's what we pretty much call it, subland. Like, it's very by the book, but it's much more toned down and relaxed. Like, I can't just go up to a chief and be like, hey, chief, it's... It's like, excuse me, Chief, do you have a minute to talk about X, Y, Z? You can be like, hey, Chief, I got this issue with this. And he'll just be like, all right, yeah, come here and we'll figure this shit out. It's it's more it's more like an actual like civilian job where it's like, hey, if you got a second, can you help me with this? Versus having to go through this whole process of like, okay, well, I can't talk to him yet. I have to go and talk to my LPO. And if my LPO doesn't know, then I got to talk to this chief and then this chief to that chief to that to finally our senior, like the leading chief. And then from them, it has to even go up further. Sometimes it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it really makes me appreciate being on a sub a lot more because it's such a tight knit community. And there's only like 200 guys on a submarine. Okay, okay. You will see those same 200 guys for nine months when you're underway or some shit like that. Like some, like, because you can always have time extended. It can always be shorter depending on right. scenarios. Yeah. Like you will know those guys by their footsteps. And that, but see that in itself, going back to counting bullets, that in itself is huge though. If you know everybody pretty much by the sound, you know, if something's fucking wrong, one, you know, if there's something wrong with one of them, or say shit goes down, some weird fucking thing happens, and you hear footsteps or hear a person that you don't recognize. You know what I mean? Everybody on that ship is going to be like, uh, we got one extra, what the fuck's happening? You know what I mean? Not saying that that would happen, but if that was to happen, you'd be like, no, that ain't right. That shit ain't right. You know, like, yeah. when you get that used to it. And you, and you can really tell because if you're that close with them, you know what their strengths are and you know what their weaknesses are. So, yeah. like, if it goes down, like, let's say the boat starts sinking because there's a fucking leak in all the way at the top of the ship. So, it's just going to fill it all the way up from top to bottom. Okay. You know what people are going to be stronger in that suit to be able to go up there, fix that leak safely. Right. And then get back down to help us try to get all the water out of the boat before we hit the bottom and then crush. Right, right, right. Like, it'll be, well, the difference between living and dying. Like, really, having those, no one who has that strong suit to, all right, Doofus over there knows how to make potatoes, but this guy can help us live. You know, like, that. that yeah. and then afterwards, Doofus that makes potatoes is going to feed us to make sure we still live. You know, like, everybody has their strong suits. Yeah, everybody has a should... role that they have to play, and that's why they have the sub-qualification card. It's that way they can make sure that everybody at least has the basic knowledge of it. Shit goes down, you know what to do. The last I, thing you want to do is be the new guy on the boat not knowing what the fuck's going on when the fucking red lights are blaring. Right, right. It's like, and, what? And, 
I want to I want to I want to take back what I said. The guy doing the potatoes isn't just a doofus. He could be a very intelligent, in, integral part of the team. So I, I just realized I'm like, just because he's making potatoes and feeding people doesn't mean he's dumb. It could be his choice. He could love potatoes. He could have grown up in Idaho. I don't know, but yeah. it's a. Uh, it's but yeah, that's putting together an entire team of people. You know their strengths, their weaknesses, okay. who can do what and where. You're not you're not making your point with saying that he grew up in Idaho. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I'd find that in there. Right? We didn't need to point that one out. <laughs> I yeah, thought it was a nice little detail. You know, Idaho is just a potato state, and I mean, that's Wisconsin is known for cheese and dairy. So, right, dude, you got two people. You got Wisconsin and Idaho. They're the cooks. Love them. You know, they, they make the mashed potatoes with, with cheese and, and butter. Come on. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you can actually eat that with what's going on. <laughs> you know, you can have the mashed potatoes with the, the, the extra. Okay, so you're now, like, like, going through week eight. Is that when you now get put? See, again, I'm asking these questions because I don't know. Like, I don't know the military that in-depthly. Is that when you're finally going, this is where you're going to go to, right? Like after week eight is when you get put into your respective places? Yeah, as soon as week eight is over, that's when we um, end up going to wherever our schooling is. So like mine's over here in Connecticut. Unfortunately, I ended up staying here a little bit longer than wanted because that's where my boat is right now. But, you know, either way, they took me off the boat. So don't really know a whole lot about what's going on with that boat. Um, But yeah, but that whole week eight, it's... It's the FEP stage, the final evaluation process. Okay. So that's when we have our final drill march, where normally it would have been the final drill march would have been for graduation itself. But because COVID, nobody could go. So they had a final drill march still. But it was you going through all the motions that you would normally go through during that ceremony, just in private. Okay. And then they had it. They had us pretty much do a walkthrough for the tape. That way everybody like got like a little boot camp tape of like, hey, yeah, I went to boot camp. Here's the two frames that I'm in on the fucking DVD. I'm like, I didn't bother to buy that shit. And I was like, nah, fuck it. No <laughs> point in it. I'd have rather just bought us when bought the version of when we actually did the whole drill march. Like and the whole thing. Like, even if it's just like instructors yelling at us, calling out hits and what it is, I mean it's it's better to like actually have like the experience and seeing what it is. Uh-huh. because what we got to do and what it actually was was nowhere near the same thing. Like if they could only had like three or four divisions in there during the, during the ceremony out of like the 10 divisions or so on the ship, fucking split it up. Give the, give five divisions three hours and five, and then the other five, three hours that way you can, that way they actually have something like that they can show their family. Like, Hey, yeah, like, look, we did this here. I am in this row versus, now you're just like walking by and they get a glimpse of it. I okay, I know what you're talking about now, and this was way pre COVID. Um, I used to, I, I was a professional photographer, and my friends that were, were in the army, um, they got me this little one day contract with the army to, to shoot, you know, like to, to mm-hmm. take pictures. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to. Like, I had no fucking clue. They just said, this is what we want. You can't shoot this. You can't shoot this. You have to do that. You know, like, there were there were very much boundaries and rules. And I'm fine with that, right? Totally cool. The amount of people in perfect rows and straight lines, and they went through calling out each one, 
I think that's what I was taking pictures of. Is is and again, this is pre-COVID, but it was um, recognizing and calling out a whole bunch of new people. That, but we're talking like there were hundreds that were just in these massive field in these huge rows, and I remember like showing some people some pictures and them going, "You see, way back, right? That was me. That you know, you got a picture with me. You know, like that was that was what they got was." one of you know a huge amount in each one um but it was a huge to do like it was a really oh, big yeah deal. It's, it's it's that like passing of the torch ceremony that's like congratulations you're now a navy sailor you're now a u.s army soldier they or were you're, you're, out, like they were bringing flags to, to each to each one like they were literally passing down um you know from from certain ranked people again and I'm, I'm saying this vaguely because i don't want to disrespect by saying it the wrong way that's why i'm being vague about it there were people that were much older that were literally bringing certain flags to each row and section and it was a big ceremony to pass this one to this one this one to this one so yeah, i was gonna say that sound that sounds a lot like probably what the boot camp was i can't speak a whole lot on the army's boot camp because right. i know that for the navy's boot camp when they would have actually went through it would have been the uh, ARPOC, the AROC, and then the three division commanders, or four, depending on your thing, along with your ship's uh, chief and then the ship's officer. Those would have been the names that would have been called out on the ceremony. Like, not I would, my name would have been specifically set out there. But yeah, they didn't. It, yeah, they it would have been it, it would have been a lot easier to distinct me from that because. There are people that definitely didn't even get seen by the cameras because of just how they ended up being placed when you just got this one walk through. Mm -hmm. And they they say specifically, you are not allowed to look at the cameras. You are to maintain military bearing whatsoever, and you are just to walk in a straight line. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. But that's <laughs> right. why I was like, that's why I was like, I didn't bother to do any of that because I'd actually gotten a couple letters. Luckily, I didn't. I think that was probably the hardest part about boot camp, and I'll explain that in a minute. But there were pictures of me that were on Facebook while I was going through boot camp. Okay. Which I thought was really, really cool because I was like, oh, that's awesome. And my mom ended up including in the letters that my two two of my youngest cousins uh, that I would see every now and then, like on the weekends, like when we'd go to drop my brother off at my aunt's house for the weekend because that was just tradition at that point. Okay. Uh, that they were able to like pick me out of like forty people on a on a picture on a screen like that's I know cool. him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's. I was like, I I gotta finish. Like I I had thoughts throughout boot camp about like I I can't make it through this. Like this is too much for me. And then every time I would like end up just like thinking back to that one phone call, and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it was so hard because I had moved between three different actual divisions because I had gotten uh ROM set once where they just tested me for COVID made, I didn't have it. So I got sent to another division and that other division, I ended up catching COVID from somebody else in the area. And we both got sent out of that division. And when I finally got to that new division, that was my, that was my final division. I was in division one, two, three, and I will say that shit proudly. Nice. That was my fucking division. I was with them through, pretty much p days i saved their ass from a beating the first day i got there 
because they were marching like ass and i walked in and they were the rdcs were so pissed they were taking that out on me in this in the fish tank asking if i wanted to be there or not because i had gotten sent through three times uh-huh and that was my third strike if i would have dropped out of that division i would have been done and gotcha. i'm so glad i just pushed through absolutely everything that came up i uh had achilles tendonitis so if i would have ran the prt on the day that we were supposed to uh-huh. uh there was a chance that my achilles would have snapped Oof. like that's Oof. that's how much i was like i gotta make it i gotta make it i gotta make it but when i was like struggling to walk they took notice brought me over there and they were like yeah we're putting you on lld for for three days and my petty officer was pissed he was like uh-huh. give him a fucking ice chip let him heat ice heat ice get that shit fixed because that three days was three super important on your feet phases that i had to be able to do so instead he switched me and put me into the classroom that was supposed to be next week so i got all the information from the next week Okay. And then that next week when I was better and I was able to actually do the on your feet stuff, I went to the other stuff that I had missed. And because at night the petty officers leave, there's a certain time that you, everybody has to be in the rack, like it's considered lights out. Okay. People, we would be doing pretty much like little study groups. And so I'd be giving them stuff for next week and they'd be filling me in on what's going to be happening for for me oh hell yeah okay which technically was not supposed to be allowed but due to the circumstances shit like that will always happen because if somebody misses a test or something and they have to go and redo that test then they have to be filled in on what was missed anyways right mine just happened to be lucky lucky enough that it was just like a weak switch i mean i think that that's beneficial for both groups involved to make everybody one closer because you guys are all working together um but two like it helps you be prepared it helps them be prepared it just seems like and and i get what you're saying like you know you're not technically supposed to do it but i think that it 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 does help with with preparation you know and going into those which makes it more effective the learning the the um ability to do whatever you're supposed to do you know when you know that it's there because right. if, I, if I'm sitting there learning about firefighting and, like, the gas mask stuff, and then I got to go back three weeks and do, or, like, back a week and have to, like, try to remember all this stuff while still remembering the current uh-huh. stuff, it, it's easier if it's get, if it just gets summarized to you on stuff that you need to know for that specific thing. Yeah. That way you can continue to move forward with the group and not, like, get left behind or, like, get mixed up with everything because everybody mm-hmm. all practices the same stuff at night then. Nice. Because nighttime is the right time. That's when the RDCs are gone and there's one room in the building. I'm not kidding. I have heard some <laughs> stories. Right I had heard some stories from guys that were like just out of boot camp. Like, yeah, they had like thick glove fights in the locker rooms. And I was like, that shit is so not good. Like if if anybody hears about that, they they would all get toasted. Like okay. they would be UCMJ like article 34 catch-alls like you're getting screwed like like just for fun to relieve tension yeah like like they're just in there or like it was how they were like handling issues within the division like oh i got a problem with you let's just go solve it uh, okay bring it because you when you're fucking throwing hands with somebody at the end of it most guys are like yeah all right we're chill yeah yeah no that's that's issues are squashed when i used to fight that the afterwards it wasn't an issue you know what yeah, I mean? it's like issue got solved. We're chilling now, and yeah, that was great. But uh, 
the letters. So we were coming up, we were doing our FEP inspections and like, I was, I was honestly at a low point. Like I had like maybe three phone calls that I had made and okay. I got to talk to my mom for one, okay, uh, Meg for one, and then my aunt for one because there was just so little time because there were so many of us to go through. So I like got to pick who I wanted to call at that time. Got you. So after I had made those phone calls, I was like, they're like, yeah, did you get our letters? And I'm like, I still haven't gotten a letter. I am like over uh, like 10, 12 weeks in, but because my ship went from this ship to this ship to this final ship, it had to go between all those ships through all the mail process on base to finally get there. And we were doing uh, run-through inspections. So they're having the cover two, cover two. Like you grab your cover, and, or yeah, it's cover. So you put your cover on and you hold your hand there. And then they say two and you drop your hand. Okay. And it was uncover and then two. So you grab your cover to take it off and then two and you'd bring it down by your side in the correct position with it facing the correct way and all that stuff. And I remember I had fucked up because I was just, I was just so out of it. I was tired. Uh, I was hungry. Like I, I, I was getting a lot of food. Like they had me fattened up. I, I gained fifty pounds by the time I had left boot camp. Like it was oh, crazy. Okay. Because they just packed so much protein in there. But I was so tired. I was so mentally exhausted that when he had said uncover, I grabbed my, I had grabbed my cover and just brought it straight down by my side. And all I hear is, "Anik, you big fat dumb bitch." And I just kind of looked up and I was just, how is, I looked at him and he was like, grab your nose. I grabbed my nose and I went, honk, honk, I'm a clown. I know the drill. He was like, <laughs> you are really fucking out of it if you just instantly went and did all that. You need to talk in my office? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm okay, petty officer. And he was like, all right, I want to talk to you after. And it, it was a touchy subject because earlier in that day we had talked about with chaps with the chaplains the suicide prevention and like depression and all that stuff we're uh -huh. going through it and i uh personally don't want to get into that topic because i have history with it okay and what really sucked the most was somebody had went and told my petty officer that I'd stepped out during that whole like topic discussion and it was just waiting for the division to be like somebody had, was going to come out and tell us that we were good to go back in okay a couple people went out throughout the whole time, but I liked the second that they started the conversation. I had walked out. And so my petty officers and chief were in there talking to me. And they understood that it was definitely, like, a super hard time. It was, it was on my psych record at some point about what had happened. And uh -huh. so we finally go back out there, and I we're all sitting there, and they're reading out names for mail call while everybody's, like, getting everything straightened away for to get ready for the end of the night. And I was talking with all the guys around me and a couple of them had gotten like one or two letters and then they all got letters that night and I was sitting there just kind of like I hadn't gotten one. I still hadn't gotten any letters. And then the very next night because our petty officer ended up finding out that like I still hadn't gotten a single letter through all the boot camp. He went and tracked down all the letters that they had addressed to me and I, because I was sending, sending letters out like at the end of every week, once a week, right. just like it was routine, like just write the events throughout the week and send them home. And he had came back and he had started reading everybody's name out and they always go in alphabetical order. Uh -huh. And the second that he started with B, I was like, all right, well, it's whatever. 
And then he walked over to me with the bin that they had it in, dropped it, like just dumped it down at my feet and said, these have been trying to find your way here and walked away. And as I was opening them, I started just crying because there was so many things that I had missed. Like I had to run the PRT on my birthday. Like when I turned 20, no, I got a birthday beating. They fucking dropped me on my face for 24 minutes just to make me like, they made me do 24 of every exercise just for like a happy birthday, you know, type. Yeah, yeah happy birthday. And I was happy. like, yeah, yeah. I totally didn't just run the PRT today and like have to do that whole stressful thing. Like just happen to beat certain times, but then getting beat. And I was like, yeah, but like I had birthday cards in there. I had pictures from friends and family. I had letters from like loved ones and I just hadn't seen any of that. And I physically started crying. And I was just bawling my eyes out. And, my, and when I looked back at the fishbowl, my petty officer had given me a thumbs up and I'd given one, him one back. And he just kind of like just nodded and just went back to doing what he was doing with right. all his paperwork and stuff because he just wanted to make sure like I was okay. And that proves that it's like people are going to be like, oh man, these guys are just yelling at me. Fuck them. I'm going to punch them in the mouth. No, they're trying to get you ready to do a very stressful yeah. job, but they're going to try to do their best to make sure that you are in a safe environment. And that you're mentally going to be prepared for what's going to happen. They do give a shit. Absolutely. They're they're actual humans. Yeah. They they aren't like the (laughs) monsters that like you see in like uh, all these movies like Full Metal Jacket. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like just this monster that's always yelling. Like everything's eventually going to have a bright side. But it's, it's meant to break you down and then build you back up into a military person got you that's that's you know it's the the parts of of what you were saying that that hit to me was the fact that you know and again you have this this people that are not in the military have this idea notion that those guys is what they do they just yell they scream they don't give a fuck they fucking hate everybody they love yelling they want to see you in pain right that's just like a normal this is how it is but the reality is, is dude went out of his way to find the shit that you needed. It went out of his way. He didn't have to. Could have just been going, yeah, fuck it. Sorry, you didn't get a letter, you know. But, like, went out of his way to find, hey, you know, has has Mad Dog gotten the shit that he, you know, was supposed to get? And people are like, oh, yeah, there's some here, there's some here, there's some here. Brought it all together and gave it to you. Um, like, that. that is a, a, a human side that I don't think it's portrayed well enough. Um, you know, granted, most of us, what we get this off of is fucking Hollywood, right? That's that's yeah. most of what civilians will ever see is is Hollywood, you know what I mean? So you can only take that with a grain of salt, but that in itself is molded what people think it is. And, and so it's nice to hear something like that where it's just like, yeah, dude's a, a real-ass human, that went out of his way to make sure you had what he knew that you needed at the moment. And and that's was, was pretty freaking awesome. Like it's oh, more yeah. awesome for you because you went through it. Like just hearing yeah. it is awesome to me. Yeah, I was like I was just so relieved because I was like, maybe they just don't care or maybe they're just like, no, we'll just talk to him when he calls. Like uh-huh. I was I didn't really know what was going on because I there was it's not like I'm going to rag on the army really quick. Like the army, I don't get my phone every fucking Sunday. They take that shit and put it in a box. Like we don't see it period. And 
it really really it really did suck because it's like well you have no clue what's going on on the outside you have no clue what's going on in the news what's going on with occasionally they would like update stuff like they told us what the super bowl was they like put on the super bowl for us to watch on super bowl sunday because we had like all just we were like that last final week they weren't supposed to but they put on the super bowl for us because they're like hey it's the final week that's cool you guys you guys have done everything that you have to we're going to give you a reward but don't take this as don't take this for granted you still got one week left. Right. Don't fuck this shit up or you guys are going to be stuck here longer. Gotcha. And so that really instilled at us, like, we got to take what we can, what we can, but not abuse it. And that's a great lesson, though. Like, like outside of the military, that is a great fucking lesson to, to you know, appreciate what you can have when you can have it. You know, like, it, it, it might sound funny, but you you getting that there in that moment. It it reminds me when I was homeless and I was a teenager. I learned very quickly, appreciate the little things that you can get when you can get them because you can't always fucking have them. You know what I'm saying? Like when people are like, oh, I don't like this, you know, burger, it has a tomato in it. I'm like, bitch, I jumped into a dumpster and Taco Bell to eat the shit that, you know, they threw away. Don't fucking tell me because you don't want a pickle on your burger. You're going to throw the whole thing away. Like, appreciate what you can fucking have and like you know you guys get in the super bowl you know don't don't fucking get all weird about it just enjoy that moment and then keep doing what you're supposed to do but it does it helps you not like oh i had this everything you know unravels no i have this i appreciate it then i go back and do what the fuck i'm supposed to be doing and that's that's and it was that's crazy because awesome. he had to get he had to get permission from the senior chief in order to even put it on. Like the oh, that's cool. The the boat, like the guy in charge of like the whole ship, quote unquote, because it's not an actual boat that we're uh-huh. on, but it's a giant building. But the person in charge of it all at the enlist level, we had to get permission from, and then he had to even ask the officer if that was going to be okay. Because, but they only approved it because we had done so well that week with our inspections and everything like 5.0s like getting stuff right on top but if you were fucked up like if you had something fucked up and wrong you uh-huh. went to a different division you you weren't in that room for that night they cut Ooh. it off before the actual ending of it like we didn't get to see the whole thing cuz we had a very strict schedule that we had to keep for that next day so they couldn't uh-huh. just leave it but so they had let us watch a little bit of it and then they were like all right well we have we as RDCs actually have to leave, and you guys have to get rest because this next week is going to be absolute hell for you, because it's going to be day after day after day after day, and then night with it, which is battle stations, and then right back into day, and it's like you're going to be exhausted that whole week. You are going to be drained, and you are going to be running full speed ahead. Got it. So it was like that minor calm before the storm just to go you guys fucking got this here's a here's a here's a moment of relax before going which it it makes super sense uh and i used to go to the gym and work out all the time and you go to you're exhausting yourself but if you just take a minute you know like say your, your bench or whatever whatever muscle group you're working on if you just take a minute, and I would, I would go till just about exhaustion, like just, oh my God, I can't fucking lift another thing. I would go sit five minutes and then be able to go right back with more strength than, than had I just kept going. So having that moment, 
you know, that whether it was an hour, 30 minutes or two hours or whatever, however fucking long it was, gave you guys that minute of like, chill out for a minute, rest. It probably like revitalized you more than you guys maybe even understood, you know, and, and then you were able to go through this next week that he was saying was going to be absolute hell yeah. for you. And and it was only like 15 to 20 minutes of the game. But, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Like we had only seen like the second quarter. So like we have no, like we didn't know what happened at the, at, for like the ending. We didn't see the halftime show. We didn't get that stuff, but it really just kind of like showed us as a division I'm pretty sure because I was definitely feeling that way. They're like, hey, they have so much trust in us that this next week we're going to absolutely smash it that they aren't making us sit here and work or sit here and study or do push-ups because we're all fat or some shit. Like, <laughs> they had they had faith that we were going to come through, kick that door down, and say, hello, motherfucker, we're here. And that's exactly what he told us that last week. Was, nice. We gave you that because we knew that you were going to kick the door in and say, motherfucker, it's my time grab it by the throat and then run straight through it. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome knowing that, that somebody else that, that you look up to in a sense of um, seniority has that faith in, in what you're doing. And especially oh, when you're learning. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that's, what's really stuck with me this, this whole time that I've been in the Navy, like even with all the medical shit I got going on, uh -huh. like the fact that I'm able to, that, I can just think back to that moment where he was like, you guys have this, grab it by the throat, kick its face in and run through it. And it's like, yeah, I'm that that's the only way to in reality, that's the only way to get through the military is just take what you want and just run with it. If it's something that you want to go through, just make sure you go through with it. Don't stop because you feel like it's too hard. Just keep pushing until you physically cannot do it. And that's uh, uh my my nephew is has been in the army for, for uh, I think he's going on five or six years, and he was telling me that um because he went to ranger school, and he's like the you know he's like I can't tell you much about it except for that when you think that you're done you're not, and that's just how it is. Like yeah. when when you think that you've hit that point of exhaustion, you're you're not there yet. Just keep going. And in some of the shit that he told me, I was just like, I, I've done a lot. I've, I've been through a lot in my life. That's next level pushing. Like the shit that they put you guys through and, and not just ranger school, but like going through boot camp and going through like the shit that they put you guys through is next level that a lot of people, if you haven't been through it, might not even comprehend the amount of shit that you guys have to go through just to get to the beginning. You know, just to get oh, yeah. to your first, you know, station, your first place. Oh, 100%, especially because me going in, I wanted to have one of those special warfare contracts where it was like EOD or diver or something like that. And going through that boot camp experience at 19 to 20, when I was just turning 20, I was like, there is no way that 18-year-old me would have made it through this. 18-year-old me would have had trouble getting through boot camp. I can only imagine what it would have been when they have to break me down again, mentally, physically, and then build me back up like mm -hmm. for a second time at an even harder, even faster pace. Uh -huh. I, I know I would have crumbled. That's, and I was like, if I want to go through with something like that, I'm going to have to wait until after my first contract and I'm going to have to use it as my shore duty instead and just make it another sea duty and go through it. That is something that's interesting to me about the, the Navy is that you guys have shore duty or what's it called when you're on the boat? Sea duty. Sea duty. So you you have 
both. Where it's like, you know, the army, the army is, you know, they're on the ground. You know, they, yeah, they they'll, the... they'll get deployed for certain amounts of time right. and stuff. But that's just pretty much what their whole contract is. Sometimes yeah. they'll sometimes they'll have options to do certain things where it's more on like, oh, you're you're gonna be home for like this amount of time, guaranteed. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We just came back from this, so we're gonna have like four or five months where we're just back home. Whereas mm-hmm. Navy, it's like we'll be on that ship from pretty much zero six in the morning until like sixteen and at night, depending on if our job is done or not. If we have something that we still have to finish that day, we're staying there until it's finished. Right. And that's why shore duty is such a reward because then you have the schoolhouses and stuff. Whereas I can't fully speak for the army and the other branches, but from people that I know and people that I've talked to, yeah, you're pretty much you're pretty much always as like a shore duty until you get deployed. But when you get deployed, if you go overseas, you're there for three, four years, and that's like your full deployment. Okay. Okay. Shit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like and what I was I was used to was army, uh, you know. Of course, like I, I told you, and it was when a lot of stuff was going on in Iraq. So, so, um, and, and this was it was really actually really sad to watch. Um, the the two friends that I had, they were both army. Um, they had uh, one of them. She she got medically out when she had been in I think like thirteen years, and he's still it. He's you know life in it, um, but. They weren't together when they joined the army. They were, you know, single, so they were in two different divisions. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I don't know exactly what it's called, so nobody quote. Okay, I got you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, then they got together and they got married. Well, they were on opposite rotations over to Iraq, so he would be gone for you know his nine ten months. Come back, they would be together for two months. Then she would be gone, and so they were working. It, it took them, you know, a hot minute to get to where they would be able to go at the same time and come back at the same time. And I felt super bad because and it's kind of totally upside. I just thought about it because I'm, I'm looking at like the different, any knowledge that I have with the military experience. Um, but the, the time that they finally got it where they were both going, right. They were both going, they were excited. Um, his, his, you know, unit was leaving, like three or four days before hers. So he was in transport. Um, they did the medical, found out she had a lump in her breast. Like the day that her her unit was leaving or whatever it was, she got pulled aside and said, sorry, you're not going, right? So he has no idea because he's in transport, cannot communicate with them. She's now stuck at home for another nine, 10 months while he's gone. Like that was like super fucking rough watching that. But it, but it literally, when you're in the military, like you, you go and you're you're supposed to go. You come back when you're supposed to come back. If you got to go there and they say you're going to be gone for seven months and you come back eleven months later, it is what it is. Like that's just what you do. And like thinking of being on a a boat and and like okay, you know, six months you guys are out. You know, you're on a boat for six months. Like that's that's nuts. Oh yeah, and it's it's even crazier because when you actually look at it, like surface ships, they'll have like Wi-Fi reception and they'll have like certain amenities. Whereas uh-huh. being on a submarine, we can send an email. Can't be too long because otherwise it'll take in. You can't get pictures because of stuff. You uh-huh. can pretty much get an email, and it's it's still iffy on if they can even 
decrypt it in time for it to get to you. It might be like an email that was sent like a month and a half ago that you're just now getting. Like Jeez. there is zero communication unless you're in port. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You are underwater and, you know, yeah, there's technology, but you're also underwater. So, yeah. you know, like, you I know mean, obviously there, there has to be port calls because you can't, they, they don't just give you nine months worth of food to go underwater. You obviously have to yeah. Yeah, dump yeah. waste because everybody fucking yeah. shits and pisses. So it's yeah. like, eventually you have to go somewhere to like get rid of that stuff properly. Otherwise right. it's just shitty water in the ocean, which yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you're already swimming in whale poop. You don't need anything more to it. Um, but it's that's yeah, that's just interesting because I, I have a friend that is uh, a couple friends that are Navy, and she just got back. I think six, seven months, but she's on a you know a, a ship that's up up on. I don't know exactly which one, but it's not a submarine. Um, and so she had a lot more communication with people. But she said even that was was spotty. You know, you didn't always just get to sit on the phone in the afternoon hanging out with your friends. Like, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, it was – it's definitely a different life. Like, I can't speak fully for surface, just like I can't speak fully for Army. Like, platoons, I'm assuming is what they're called because Marines and Army are relatively similar because Navy has divisions. I don't think that Army has divisions. They might have divisions within platoons or companies. Yeah. I I forget which one they're called because there are so many different things that – we like actually had to learn like if we're looking at it we'll be like oh yeah that's a division right there because that's like so many people that's a company because that's like the whole fucking thing right company sounds familiar i don't remember if it was division or not but again i'm not military it's i i'm learning from people like you yeah i was gonna say i'm navy i know a lot more about navy shit than i will like (laughs) army or coasties excuse me and that's like it to me it's it's I like talking to people like you like this because it's a whole different concept of what people that have no idea that just go, I hate war, so I hate military, right? And when they do that, they say, I hate people in the military, which would be directly at you, right? And that kind of pisses me off because I've known a lot of people that are military, and I'm like, they're good fucking people. Like, same blanket statements, oh, I don't like war, so I hate military. Like, you got to be careful with that because it is individual people. You know, it, it just because you joined the military doesn't mean you want to go murder everybody in another country because they're the enemy and they're evil. It just means that you're doing what you have to to protect what you love, which is your country. And um, your and family. And yeah. the military gives you a job to be able to support that family. Yeah. And that's, that's I mean, again, I've said it, I've said it throughout this. I've said it before. Like, mad proud of you, dude. Like, you're killing it. You're doing it. Like, it's... It's fucking awesome to watch. It's awesome to watch your growth, not just, you know, what you're doing physically, but like having talked to you over these past couple of years, your your psychological, your mental growth, your your maturity and how you approach things and how you see things. It's fucking amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome to watch it watch it go like instead of just like okay you're some you know fucking high school kid talking shit playing video games you know which is cool you know it's cool but now it's just like now this is a grown ass motherfucking man you know what i mean like you're yeah. doing your thing you know what i'm saying like it's 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 awesome it's awesome to watch i love oh, i love seeing it 100% and just like i remember your art before i left for boot camp and like even when i came back it like I thought that your art was amazing before and it just significantly grows because you just put so much time and effort into each piece that you do. And it's, it's awesome to see. 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's that I appreciate that because, yeah, I'm still a nitpicker about my stuff, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not yet there yet. So, like, that's that's a nice compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I'm like, I'm the person that will give out 101 fucking compliments when I see somebody doing some shit. I'm also the person that's like, you don't need to see anything nice in school. Um, <laughs> no, but I appreciate. It. I do appreciate it. I just don't know how to fully say thank you without like i feel like i need to give more than a thank you um now i'm rambling because i'm like yeah thank you yeah thank you like i appreciate it thank you (laughs) like i'm over here going this motherfucker over here is on the submarine doing his thing and you're like nice art and i'm like i feel like a fucking idiot i need to (laughs) you know like (laughs) i'm over here doing art this man's saving the fucking world what is going on right now (laughs) saving the world's far stretched They don't trust me with the oven in my barracks. What do you mean they're saving the world? That's the craziest thing. They're like, yeah, you guys can you guys can go and work on nu- nuclear submarines. Can I have a like stove in my little barracks that you keep us in? That way I can like, I don't know, make some food. No, we can't trust you with that. You'll burn the place down. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a microwave and a fridge. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> They will let you touch things that will potentially blow our entire planet to smithereens, but you cannot cook yourself a meal. Not me particular, but yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> there are there are people that are like me that are able to like do shit that is like not able to be talked about, like right. in period in the military and they can't have a if they're living in the barracks, they don't get a stove. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I was just meaning like they let me work on something that's like $1.3 billion to build, but they don't trust me with an oven in a $500,000 building. Maybe maybe the oven's worth $1.8 million. They just didn't tell you. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's got to be, yeah, it's gotta be some like super high-tech alien oven at that point. <laughs> If you see on the side area fifty one limited, then you know that that's where you know. <laughs> it's all alien technology. They're like, yo, no, they're not there yet. <laughs> not there they yet. don't deserve it yet. They they're still fighting each other. They haven't even started to fight us. <laughs> they don't deserve the oven. Well, I I do have to say that that this is the absolute longest recording we've done. But it didn't. I just looked at the clock. And was just like, oh my god, I did not even realize that. What we're probably going to do, and I may cut this part out because I'll put it in the middle, is I may do a two-part. Like, you may have a whole ass week. It may be the Mad Dog Week. You know, like, instead of Shark Week, it's Mad Dog Week. Um, Hey, save it for, uh, what is it, beginning of September? Or, like, November, where you have, like, Memorial Day or uh, September 11th or, like, through Veterans Day? I'm down. Throw them up up on that Dude, yeah, and fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah. But 100%, I'm, hopefully we'll be able to, like, uh, sit down another time, like, after I get a deployment or two under my belt and I get some stuff on my chest. So here's here's what I'd love to do. Like, whether it's in three months, six months, a year, doesn't fucking matter to me. Um, to just 
do another one and and like that's one thing that i i really 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 want to do is is see how things are going as they're going along so yeah like after deployment after after you're like holy shit this was a whole new experience let me like you know even just vent about it talk whatever you need to do to get it like you know out of out of your out of your head and, and out i would fucking love that i would love that i think that would be awesome 100 um, especially if i uh stay on a fast attack we pull the fast attacks are the ones that pull into ports okay. that's like knowledge they don't have like anything that could fuck some serious shit up so people like allow them in their port and gotcha. uh, so gotcha. i'll be able to see like places like europe or japan depending oh, on what sweet. coast i go to yeah oh, that'd be fucking cool man that would be closest bad. i could get to you is san diego sorry that, no that's that's all right actually we're five hours inland anyway so if you i was gonna get say to me, i was gonna I'm say like, there's there's banger washington but that's like a three-month three-month rotation oh dude, no, you don't like, want, eh. you don't no you don't want the, uh, look i'm not trying to be dick you know washington don't if they offer you be like hey, you know i'd rather not i'd rather I'd go rather. to georgia i mean i'd rather take that three month three month where at least i'm closer to the white but you know dude there you go that in washington beautiful it's nice. It's beautiful, but especially that side is gloomy. And I think it averages three hundred days a year of not sunshine. So that's the average for that area. Is uh, most of the year the sun is not shining. There's some sort of cloud cover or gloominess or rain. It's, that sounds like a pain in the ass, and I don't want to be there, especially if I come back from being underwater for like 10 months. Dude, you're going to be under like another that. set of water. It's I'd just going like, to be in the air. I just got out from under you. <laughs> and, and again, I love Washington as, as its beauty. It's very beautiful, absolutely beautiful. If you ever have a chance to visit, go for it. Um, there's a reason why we live on the east side, because it's sunny here. Uh, I think it's 200 or 250 days of the year. So it's a lot sunnier on the east side. But where you would be on the west side, it's just fucking cloudy. It, it just is. It The mountains, the ocean, all that just creates this gloom over that whole area. It, it's beautiful. Um, go in August. <laughs> you know, go in late July. That's about it. Um, don't Don't go there for a long period of time <laughs> yeah don't. but um so i'm i'm super excited yeah we'll we'll hold off and we'll throw this one up um you know we'll look to see and, and what i'll do is i'll let you know as well um you know like the links and everything else remember if you want uh anybody to be able to find you like twitter that if if you want send over the link to um i don't know where she is on your screen but over to um Amanda, and we'll make sure it's in the description so people can check you out and see where you are and, and who you are and learn more about you if you want. If you want to just like keep it all in the DL and be like super ninja secret squirrel, then I won't put any links. It's totally up to you. Because oh, uh, cool, I'll end cool. up retweeting it the second that I like see it go see, live. That's like, I've been, I'm not gonna lie, I've been like binge watching them over the, like the last like oh, binge watching over the last two weeks. Like I'll just be laying in bed like doing something around my room. Like just keeping shit squared away, and I'll just throw it on while I'm just like running around doing shit. Oh fuck, man! Thank you, I appreciate that. Like a lot, because this is this is still new and growing, and I'm I'm loving it. I'm absolutely oh, yeah. loving this it. Is, it's this so is much awesome. fun. 
it's for me like some people are like oh you're doing you know a bunch of them you're gonna get burnt out you know working and i'm like yeah to me it is as much working like we're hanging out like legitimately yeah, con- like, yeah we're having a conversation you're asking questions about shit that you want to know yeah, about. So I'm like, right i to answer <laughs> fuck yeah i get to talk about this shit <laughs> for me i get to hang out with you guys and i get to draw i get See, to draw stuff like this like, wait there we go Ooh. Ooh, that's a lot of wow. Right? That's that's all them scales. My brain is yep. fried looking at that. I'm already yep. tired. I'm I'm tired and, and no, you you do that. I do what I do. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that one. That's awesome. Well, um, so what we'll do is I'm gonna close this out. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna get us all to say bye, but don't hang up when we say bye. Right. Just just give me a second. But uh it's been absolutely like fucking amazing sitting and talking to you like it's super dope like we've known each we other for you. hella we, we you know like play games i've watched you play games you've watched me do art like but it's always been a stream setting like sitting down one-on-one or you know two on one you know sitting down and hanging out that's just I'm getting next a two-on-one handicapped shit. interrogation over yeah there. yeah <laughs> wait i gotta like shine a light into the camera what were you doing last tuesday no uh <laughs> it's like it's super dope though it's super dope to sit and be able to hang out with you and talk to you and pick your brain on stuff because it like i learn a lot you do stuff that i have no fucking clue about so the stuff you can't talk about like i get to learn a lot and that's that's really freaking cool um i appreciate you coming on i appreciate, uh, I appreciate you making you time. offering me I, oh, I, I, yeah, fun, fun time yeah hell yeah um and uh like you know, we didn't totally touch on it, but I hope that they can figure out what the fuck's going on totally and, and get you back into to full healthy status. Um, like, yeah, we do. We miss you. Worry about you, of course. Um, but I, I'm hoping that you're in really good hands medically wise. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's fucking good to see you, man. This is good, good to see you. See you. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. So let's all just give the, the people listening a, a nice goodbye and, uh, and we'll see you guys soon. This is does another podcast. Have, oh, go ahead. Does it have to be nice? No. no. I'm going I'm to I'm close this out. I'm going to close this <laughs> okay. out. Okay, hold on. Then. Everybody, thank you for listening. This is a podcast yet to be named. We're here with Bad Dog, with Star. I hope you enjoyed um, this the second part to the, the two-part series. And, and we're going to officially say bye now. You know what? I'm just going to let Mad Dog take it away with some goodbyes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say right now, it was a great time being on here. I'm so glad I got this opportunity to do this, and I'll make sure to tell you this. We'll see you in the fucking next one, boys! Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the Podcast. We appreciate your time, and we hope to see you back again for more very soon. Until then, take care, have a wonderful day, and go follow Podchfad on Twitch.